0: Warning. Pop Culture Leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity so you might want to fuck off Pop Culture Leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well if this is a huge problem for you then you, too, can fuck off. Pop Culture Leftovers typically has a long run time as well. If you can't handle a four- to six-hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you, too, can join the aforementioned cockfistles and fuck off altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14. If you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both Etsy and Pinterest. If you tuck in your T-shirts, if you use a Bluetooth headset in public, if you go to motivational speaking seminars, if you have life goals, if you have self-respect, if you have a heart condition, if you're a huge pussy, if you're a huge pussy with- with a heart condition, or if your name is Melvin, TFS 706, or TJ Lamb. Everyone else, please enjoy.
1: I'm about to do something terrible.
2: I need to build a super team. Don't call it a TO.
3: We'll be known as X-Force. Isn't that a little derivative? You're
4: absolutely right.
3: Superpowers? You don't have one. Uh,
2: I just saw the ad. You're in. Get tickets now.
3: Episode 233.
0: There's already like 7 million
4: It's, it's a trap. going to toss it,
2: gonna to taste it, do we love it? Hey, let's race it, can't erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware parties
5: Subculture Spill over like a vulture, carry over. Teleculture bush over. Pop culture. Leftovers. uncool kid, What's to has already been said. Leftovers. Sure. Only talent
0: is the band that's singing this. Pop culture. Leftovers. <laughs>
1: Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers—the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian.
4: I'm Jake, and, and we're the
1: leftovers. the leftovers. Um, let's see here, yeah, that's our uh, big Deadpool two review. So we're going to be talking all Deadpool, not doing any of the other shenanigans that we usually get into every other week with the uh, every week with the iTunes reviews and. The, all the other stuff. So it's all Deadpool. Uh we are not alone. This week we are joined with uh, jo- uh by uh, Joe Stark uh from Starkcast podcast and Number 1 Comic Books podcast. Welcome Joe. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. And we're also joined by Wally Bags from the Terrible Talkers podcast. Welcome back Wally.
3: I made it back everybody.
1: Yeah, I know. You got the you got the <laughs> call. I felt like I felt like I felt like we had the X-Force interview. And I was like, ah, he's... I'm Peter. He's, yeah, well, yeah, I was going to give you Zeitgeist, but, you know, fine. Yeah, Peter, <laughs> Peter, if we're being honest, you are Peter. I'll be Peter. <laughs> Joe, you're my domino, all right? Oh, hooray. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh. Joe, Joe, you're hot. I uh, I want to be lucky, so let's do this. Well, we got to hurry up and do this. I hear there's a wind advisory going on right now, so we want to get through this <laughs> as soon as possible. Guys, yeah, Deadpool gets Deadpool 2 gets the summer release and uh X-Men Dark Phoenix gets pushed back. I mean, this is unreal. I mean, here we are a little over 2 years later reviewing Deadpool 2 and uh it's got the summer release guys this is insane i mean they had confidence in deadpool though i mean it was announced three days before the release of deadpool they knew this sequel they knew the first film was going to be a hit i they just had a feeling with the marketing and everything and uh of course with the budget and and just the response but uh yeah yeah it's uh it's the flagship it's the flagship movie for the uh marvel side of fox studios it's crazy
4: yeah, it is crazy. Who'd have thought Deadpool of all people was going to be basically the Mickey Mouse of the Fox comic book movies? I mean, yeah. unbelievable.
1: I mean, it's crazy. I mean, especially after uh, <laughs> X Men Origins Wolverine.
4: I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. sometimes yeah. Who, uh, you never would have thought they could have, like re- like turn the hard left and do good by this character <laughs>
1: with the same actor that portrayed the character in X Men Wo- Origins Wolverine. <laughs>
4: it's absolutely crazy but
1: uh stick around guys till the end of the podcast we'll give you all the info that i know and we know about the upcoming uh x-force film that's going to be coming out so i've got a little bit of not a lot but i I got some x-force discussion for us uh it's going to be the follow-up film to deadpool 2 and uh, I want us to talk a little bit about that so stick around to the end of the podcast if you don't, whatever, it's fine either way, we got your downloads so. um, Jake, I think <laughs> we should right off at the top here just, I don't know, give us everybody a uh, spoiler warning
4: yes, definitely,
1: I agree yeah, because we're going to get into spoilers, people
5: this is a pop culture leftovers spoiler warning today's podcast calls the spoilers straight in your dickhole. You have been
1: spoiler position. All right, I've got. I looked up two synopses for Deadpool two. Check this out. Okay, first one is like very, very corporate. It's a foul mouthed mutant mercenary Wade Wilson, aka Deadpool, brings together a team of fellow mutant rogues to protect a young boy of supernatural abilities from the brutal time traveling mutant Cable. And that was the that's like the IMDb synopsis. And then I was I was looking around. 20th Century Fox has their own synopsis of the film. It's their own official synopsis. And uh, listen to this. After surviving a near fatal bovine act, uh, attack, a disfigured cafeteria chef, Wade Wilson, struggles to fulfill his dream of becoming Mayberry's hottest bartender while also learning to cope with his lost sense of taste. Searching to regain his spice for life as well as a flux capacitor, Wade must battle ninjas, the Yakuza, and a pack of sexually aggressive canines as he journeys around the world to discover the importance of family, friendship, and flavor, finding a new taste for adventure, and earning the coveted coffee mug mug title of World's Best Lover. (laughs) (laughs) That is literally the official 20th Century Fox synopsis for Deadpool 2, and I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that is
4: great. They should put that in the back of like the Blu-rays. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> uh, the film is directed by David Leach. Um, you know, he, of course, we know him as one of the directors from uh, John Wick, and I loved in the actual movie. They they didn't even call him David Leach in the opening credits. Uh, they called him one of the guys that killed the dog in John Wick.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and that made me laugh too. Uh,
1: he actually had a cameo in the movie. Did you guys know this? I did not. Oh. Yeah, he was, uh, he was killed by Cable in the movie. Uh, it's during the prison convoy action scene, which we'll get into later. It's after Domino has taken control of the convoy and Cable is on top of it. Uh, he disengages one of the mutant holding cells that's loaded onto the truck and pushes it back. And, uh, th- th- the guy in there is what I'm hearing is David Leach. So that's what I'm hearing.
2: <laughs> that's
1: awesome. Uh, it's written by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. They were the original writers for the first film. Uh, I'm hearing, I don't know if you guys heard this news, but they might be writing an R-rated Clue remake with Ryan Reynolds. Wow, that that could be very interesting. Yeah. Could be great, could be terrible, so who knows. <laughs> R-rated, uh, I, that, that's yeah. kind of weird.
4: It is weird for Clue. Yeah, I love the original, the uh, 80s movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Um also, got to give credit to Blind Al as the cinematographer on this film. I love that in the opening <laughs> credits as well. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Uh, this movie stars, of course, Ryan Reynolds as Wade Wilson, Deadpool, uh, Josh Brolin as Nathan Summers Cable. And you wouldn't believe how many people they considered for the role of Cable. Dolph Lundgren, Mel Gibson, Kurt Russell, Bruce Willis, Alec Baldwin... Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Stephen Lang, Ron Perlman, Pierce Brosnan, and David Harbour were all considered. Michael Shannon was considered as well, but he dropped out due to scheduling issues. Russell Crowe was Deadpool co-creator Rob Liefeld's choice for cable. And then there's one more that I'm going to get to later. And uh, I want to talk about that. It was not it's not Kira Knightley, even though that that was speculated in the first film by Deadpool, <laughs> which was fantastic.
2: It, let, let's circle back to Alec Baldwin and imagine the alternate reality where that took place
4: <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't take him seriously anymore. Hey. so I don't know if that'll worked at all.
1: He had a <laughs> he had his shot as the Phantom. was it the Phantom? Yeah, I actually love that movie. I haven't seen... Oh, God, I haven't seen that in years. Spirit? Was it The Spirit? No, Brian's right. The it's Spirit like it was The, the Phantom. Was well, the-
2: I thought The Phantom was, was Billy Zane. He might have played...
1: Oh, I know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Phantom's yeah, yeah. the
4: dude with the purple. Yes. Took place in
1: the 30s, Yeah. Really? Yes.
2: Yeah. B- the-
4: I'm thinking-, was in- you're thinking... The, the shadow. shadow. The Shadow. There we go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many <laughs> of them got there at the same time? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh. Jeez. Uh, the nice Phantom, the, the Spirit, the Shadow.
5: Jeez, Louise.
1: Um, we've got Marina and back as Vanessa. Uh, Zazie Beats as Domino found out uh, she also was in heavy competition for this lead role. They had Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Lizzie Kaplan, Kerry Washington, Sienna Miller, Ruby Rose, Mackenzie Davis. Kelly Rohrbach, Eve Houston, Sophia Batella, Stephanie Sigman, Sylvia Hex, and Janelle Monet were all considered and screen tested for the role of Domino before it went to Zazie Beetz. I, you know, I the one name that I kind of would like possibly to have seen how she would have worked out would have been Mackenzie Davis. I'm, I think she's great, and I know there's a lot of *Halt and Catch Fire* fans. I'm. I'm not familiar with her in that, but I've seen her in some other things. Uh, Most recently, Tully, and she's really good. But uh, Brianna Hildebrand's back as Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Bill Skarsgård, our uh, IT actor. Pennywise. Pennywise uh, was uh, Zeitgeist. Uh, TJ Miller back as Weasel, and um, probably for the last time. uh, (laughs) This guy has basically, I don't know if you guys are keeping up with this, but he's recently just ruined his career. There were the uh, sexual misconduct allegations. He denied them, but then recently, more than more recently, he called in a fake bomb threat, and he's been arrested by the FBI. And that is that is real shit. There, people. Whoa.
4: Yeah, yeah.
1: Did you guys hear about that?
4: Yeah, oh. yeah. It's a crazy yeah. story. He's just like a giant fucking mess right now, and it's going to take a lot before we see him probably in any movies. Yeah. I mean, yeah. GC had everything made for him too, right? Big HBO show, yeah. Fucking Spielberg movies, the Deadpool franchise, and yeah, just, yeah. Ugh, God,
1: yeah. He was making yeah. that DreamWorks money too, right? With the uh, the dragon. Oh yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. You're right. And, he was and,
1: one of the voices. Yeah,
4: and uh, Big Hero
1: Six. He was making the Disney cash too.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had like his voice was great for that kind of thing. So I mean, mm-hmm. he had it made. Yeah. I mean. And not even, like, talking about, like, the sexual misconduct allegations. You know, who cares if that is or isn't true? But, like, the the bomb threat stuff? Like, that. (laughs) there's no speculation there.
1: Well, I mean, you know, with the sexual allegation stuff, like, do your investigation, find everything out, and and then go from there, you know? But, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, when you're calling in fake bomb threats, I mean, there's something seriously wrong with this guy. He needs some help. I know he's, like – I mean, yeah, you're a comedian, but, like – even uh, trying, to, uh, Kaufman, Andy Kaufman, wasn't calling in bomb threats. I mean, so. Yeah, exactly.
5: Yeah.
4: And I don't think the public's really too keen on him right now. I've seen, I've been at multiple movies where he's been booed during the Deadpool trailer. It
1: mm-hmm. makes me want to go so. back and watch Transformers uh, 4 where he gets blown up. Or is that 3? 3. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah, they, uh, they kept him in the film. They didn't take him out, but they did address it at one point in the film, and I'll get to that later. Um, no, you know what? I'll, I'll go over that now since I'm talking about it. I don't want to forget about it. In the film, there's, there's one, <laughs> there's a scene change. It's, it's from, it's when they, when we're in the icebox prison, and then it's cable, and he's rebuilding his weapon from the future, and, He's got a TV on in the background. If you if you look at the news ticker along the bottom of the television, it says Christopher Plummer respectfully turned down the Deadpool two role extended to him, and they're making the joke. That's hilarious. Christopher Plummer, of course, was he took on Kevin Spacey's role of of J. Paul Getty in last year's All the Money in the World after the sexual misconduct, the allegations about you know him. Uh, in, in his, you know, hitting on that. Who was that guy? Who was that actor? I can't remember. But back when the actor was like 14, it's like ridiculous. Oh my gosh. But yeah, that Christopher Plummer headline is pretty fucking hilarious.
4: Yeah, that's fucking awesome. I, that's a great catch. I didn't notice that Easter egg. So that's gotta be fucking salt in the wound for TJ Miller. Yeah. Haha.
1: They, uh, what was it? Yeah. Uh, Ryan Reynolds also confirmed recently that he will not be returning for X-Force. But, I mean, this is just, yeah, like you said, more salt in the wound. Uh, Terry Crews as Bedlam. Uh, we've got Rob Delaney as Peter. And I found out Ryan Reynolds personally offered Rob Delaney the role of Peter after seeing him in a movie called Catastrophe. Like, it sounds like a uh, straight-to-Blu-ray, you know, movie or, or something you'd see on the sci-fi channel <laughs> at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning.
4: But uh, Catastrophe, was it like one of those, like, disaster movies, too?
1: I'm sure. I'm sure it was. I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't go out of my way to look it up. I just. Ah, it's called catastrophe. Sounds like. Sounds like it probably was one to begin with. But uh, Julian Dennison uh, played Russell. Um, he is from the. Uh, if you ever saw the Thor Ragnarok director Taika Waititi's Hunt for the Wilder People, he was in that movie. He's also called Fire Fist in this film. Uh, we've got Lewis Tan, Lewis Tan, uh, Joe. You would know Lewis Tan. He played Shatterstar in this, but he's also he also plays a character in Into the Badlands, a show that we love. Oh, okay. Who's he yeah. play on Into the Badlands? I'm trying to think of the character's name. He's just kind of like he's not a big character in it, so I can't think of the name of the character off the top of my head. <laughs> okay, but, right on. <laughs> is it too soon to call Shatterstar Splatterstar? Is
4: it too soon? No. <laughs> No, it's not. I'm okay. surprised Deadpool didn't call him that. <laughs>
1: I oh, know! No I was thinking that during the movie. I was like, what a missed opportunity. Cause like, I was, at first I was like, oh, Scatterstar. And I was like, no, oh, Splatterstar. He's even better. <laughs> I was proud of myself during that one. Um, Jack Kesey is Black Tom C- Cassidy. Uh, Leslie Uggams is back as Blind Al. Uh, Kron Sunny is back as DePinder. And, uh, <laughs> one of the, Small lines in this movie that I absolutely loved. When Deadpool and the uh, Depinder are in the taxi, we find out that, that Depender did kill Bandu, his his uh, romantic rival. <laughs> <laughs> and I got I got a kick out of that. Yeah, guys. Uh, yeah, I said spoilers. So, do you guys have any guesses on who played the Juggernaut in the film?
4: No, I have no idea.
1: This is from uh, writer Rhett Reese in an interview with CBR. Ryan Reynolds ended up voicing Juggernaut. If you didn't know that, that was Ryan's voice as the Juggernaut. And he did the facial capture for him. I don't know how they did the physical mocap. I don't think that was Ryan. So basically, they just changed the pitch of his voice. But that is Ryan Reynolds as the Juggernaut.
4: That's interesting. Have you seen it since knowing that, Brian? Yes. To be able to kind of hear that?
1: Yes, I have. I, there's no way to tell. I mean, I get just, I guess, what, in the way that he delivers some of the comedic lines as the juggernaut, you know? I mean, oh, yeah. there, there's, there's a couple lines, you know, like his middle, his middle name is like motherfucker or whatever the hell it was. Like, there was that line, Um and then of course, like the, the li- line later about his, I don't know, I'm trying to think, uh, the cock ring line, you know, like I'm gonna, when he's fighting Colossus, I'm gonna melt you down and turn you into a cock ring. So, just the delivery, but in the voice you cannot tell. And not, you can't even tell in the mocap. He's behind the mask, it's hard to tell. So, yeah. Deadpool has an official runtime of 119 minutes with an estimated budget of 110 million. Uh, that's a figure that I got off of Box Office Mojo. Don't know how accurate it is, but that's the best I could come up with uh, in relation to the first movie that cost $58 million. So they did up the budget for this one quite a bit. Um, do you remember, I don't know if you guys remember, Jake, I'm sure you do the big stink back when Tim Miller, the original director was wanting, they were saying he was wanting 150 million for the budget (laughs) of the sequel. And then he wanted to make the movie more like a big blockbuster superhero film that was like more stylish. And then, like, some of the, those reports were shot down later, and, like, I don't know if we kn- even know the true story yet, but um I don't know. I just thought that that was interesting because we're not that far off from that $150 million budget.
4: No, yeah. I, I do remember the big stink. And I remember me and you were kind of against it. Like, kind of the charm yeah. of the whole thing was not being the same as all the other superhero movies and yeah. just, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
1: I, I, yeah, it, it is, I mean, this was not, we'll get into it. I mean, this was more, this wasn't like an end of the world scenario. It, it, it teases that later, you know, in a conversation, but like this particular story just dealt with family and, uh, and things like that. But, you know, I think it's like, I don't know, you know, wait until the writers write the script and then you can kind of figure out like what your budget's going to be. So. But um, I don't know, guys. I uh, I went to the IMAX double feature on Thursday. Um, did anybody else see this in IMAX? I did not.
4: No.
3: I saw it in XD. I don't know if that's our version of IMAX. It's a larger screen than the regular screen, so. Okay.
1: Um, And uh, so, yeah, I saw it in the double feature. It was cool in the double feature. The double feature started at 4 o'clock, and immediately after that they showed just two trailers they showed the venom trailer and the predator trailer and then jumped right into the movie it was before six o'clock and they're playing deadpool 2 and i was just like holy shit this is awesome so
4: that is cool yeah
1: so guys uh what we're gonna do is we're gonna go ahead and rate the film on this show we have our own rating system and if this is your first time listening we want you to be familiar with it
2: The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it,
0: then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party.
1: All right. So here we go. We're going to rate it. I am going to ask Mr. Joe Stark to go ahead and start us off with his rating.
2: Yeah, this was a Tupperware for me. Um, I was smiling ear to ear throughout this whole movie. There were so many laugh-out-loud moments that, I mean, even by the time I was just walking out of the theater, I I still couldn't recall, like, maybe half of the jokes that were in it. I mean, this was just jam-packed, and it couldn't have been any better for me. Um, This is one where I'll definitely go back and see it again in the theater because I can't can't wait to see it again. And uh, I'll be buying it as soon as it comes out on digital as well.
1: Nice, nice. Uh, Wally.
3: I wanted to Tupperware this movie um the closest I can do. I watched it twice, and upon watching it the second time, it did raise my score a little bit just because there's like you said the jokes are so fast you know they come so fast and there's so much going on um I'm at a high taste it uh, the jokes for the most part worked for me um, I have a few issues here and there, but uh, it just it, holding it up to the original. It just it, it's big shoes to fill, and uh, I just don't think that it filled the shoes as well as the first one.
1: I need you to elaborate a little bit more on that, man. People are going to come down on you and say, "Why did you not give it a Tupperware?" You need to give me a specific <laughs> reason, man. Uh,
3: I the relationship, you know, with his with uh, Vanessa is her name. It didn't. You know when she got shot it didn't hit me as hard as i feel like it should have um i, I don't know It was more so just the amount of jokes is like i didn't laugh out loud um a whole lot like i i don't know i had a fun time watching the movie like i said i saw it twice uh it's just the jokes just i, I don't know it's just kind of crass i i, I <laughs> It's, i don't want to be that i don't want to be that guy you but, are you're totally it, being that guy well, what I'm, <laughs> all right so for instance when you when you said that uh Ryan reynolds voice juggernaut sure the first time i watched it i came out of the theater feeling like everybody had deadpool's voice everybody had deadpool's sense of humor and it just didn't work for some people in my opinion um I don't know. I mean, we can break down a little bit when we go in more in depth, I guess. Yeah, I was I, I was can explain I was just, myself a little better, but Yeah. Okay. I wanted like I, I, I said, I wanted to where yeah. this movie. This is this is one of this was up there as one of my most anticipated movies for this year. Sure. But again, you know, it's it's This year has been a tough year for Black Panther was amazing. I really liked Ready Player 1. Infinity War is amazing. So th- in my opinion, this was Probably the lowest out of those four. Okay.
1: I'm trying – I'm actually – what I'm doing is I'm trying to help you (laughs) because there might be some people listening going like, okay, why did it – I'm still trying to understand because like right out of the gate, you're like, yeah, you talked about the jokes and how they worked for you. And then next thing you know, you're talking about how like they all didn't land or what. So I'm just trying to help you out, man. That's all
3: I'm trying to do. Yeah. Well, I mean comedy is so subjective and there's so many jokes thrown out there that – you know all right so for example the fourth wall breaking is when I find myself actually getting back into the movie Deadpool would say something you know like oh wow you're dark you should be in the the DC universe and it kind of just pulls me back a little bit like I realize that I'm sitting in a chair watching the film I'm not totally invested in the movie and it kind of goes back to your guys points I believe you guys brought it up weeks ago about deadpool being in other you know interacting with other x-men in other films and uh i don't know the fourth wall breaking just kind of threw me a few times in this movie
1: it sounds like you weren't ready to watch a deadpool film after i mean
3: that's what it sounds like to me it sounds like no 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 it's i like the fourth wall breaking but not to not to the extent that they did it a lot you know a lot of the times
1: Okay. All right. If you're, if you're satisfied with that, I will move on to Jake.
3: I'll take all hate.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs>
1: Jake, all right. What did you think, my man?
4: Yes. Um, you know what? I, I'm also going to high taste this movie. Um, I will elaborate, and um, my problems were definitely not the humor and the fourth wall breaking. I was all in for that, and I thought for the most part that stuff was was very good. Um, Ryan Reynolds is just fucking great as Deadpool. Like he embodies the character and definitely no problem there. Um, my issues were, honestly, I thought the first half of this film were very slow and sluggish. And the second half really made it up for me. Like I thought everything was just leaps and bounds better. Um, I was almost a little bit bored for the first half, like shockingly. And um, I also did not care for Brolin as Cable at all. And that is one of the biggest reasons I drug it that from a Tupperware to a high taste it. He just didn't do anything for me whatsoever. Like I, I found his stuff to be like excruciating and just not that great. I, I loved the jokes like Deadpool playing off of cable or Brolin was fantastic, but man, I just thought Brolin just felt like a glorified cosplayer to me. Like he looked great. But other than that, like if, We're going to, you know, Deadpool makes the joke about Cable being smaller in the movies. Like, if we're going to sacrifice his height for Brolin, then at least bring something to the table. I just, and maybe I'm alone on this island. But, yeah, Brolin did nothing for me. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I thought the second half was fantastic. It's definitely still a high taste. If you love the first movie, you'll like this, I think. Um, But, yeah, it was not superior to the first. And, man, I I wish it would have been. I wish it would have been just a little bit better and a little bit more solid through the whole thing. I was very excited that I was laughing as much as I was. Basically, as soon as the uh, recruiting the team moment happens, it felt like I was watching a fun movie again and I had a great time. Uh, One more quick thing. The prison sequence was really the most sluggish, excruciating part for me. I thought the movie just kind of grinded to the halt during the uh, cable breaking into the prison stuff to get the kid. So eh, I don't know high taste it
1: though all right wally that is how you would elaborate on a high tasted sir
3: i'm still learning these things podcasting's I mean, <laughs> new to me
1: <laughs> oh man yeah yeah um i uh yeah i'll jump into my rating here i i really really liked this movie um i did i liked it i liked it a lot i, did, I didn't love it though and that's i'm, I'm also going to give it a high taste it as well um and uh it took me 3 times of watching this film to nail this rating down uh i waffled quite a bit i really tried to talk myself into that tupperware and uh i couldn't i just at the end of the day i couldn't and um it it, it for me it has a lot to do with it just wasn't as super cool as the first movie was. That first movie was just super fucking cool. Like it was every action scene was just so cool. And the way Deadpool would like, I remember when he was shooting off the bullets, counting them down, he had like, what was it like 12 bullets or whatever. And he was counting them down. And then they were playing that junkie XL soundtrack, which I loved junkie XL soundtrack in the first film, that maximum effort track that they would play when Deadpool is kicking ass is just fantastic. Totally left that soundtrack out of the film. I get it. They got Tyler Bates to come in here and do his own soundtrack and that's fine. But the soundtrack was a little bit lacking for me in this one. I, the lack i the lack of a real villain for me too i guess you guys yes. can make the argument oh now wally speaks up where the fuck were you like five no, minutes
5: ago
1: in-
3: <laughs> i wrote it down in my notes i didn't want to cut anybody off you're fine
1: i was saying like where's where i'll were send you a
3: picture i'll prove it that's to you. No, oh yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm just saying you could have mentioned it five minutes ago um i'm giving you shit don't worry about it um but the lack of a real villain in this one I, I i feel like i'll talk about that a little bit later but i feel like it sets certain things up but as far as like this film is concerned i felt like it did have the 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 lack of a real villain um ajax was a real villain like like what we saw the torture that ajax put deadpool through to the point where like deadpool was at one point, not cracking a joke with him anymore. He was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Just kind of like scared and like, can't believe that this guy is that sadistic. And that was like one of the things in this movie that they introduced this guy that kills um, Vanessa. And he's basically just a nobody. And it, I mean, I feel like maybe the main villain of this, like maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe don't do the cable story now. I don't know. But have a villain that if you're going to have a villain that comes in there and kills her, at least make it a big badass that that he wants revenge on. But you know, it's it's one of those things they got to do the time travel stuff and whatever. But um, Zazie Beats' as Domino was a oh, cool. She was okay, but I I think the actress is fantastic. I love Zazie Beetz. I'm a big Atlanta fan. I love her. I feel like the directors did not make her powers cool enough in this. They they could have depicted her way fucking cooler than than she was in this movie. Like, her luck powers are cool and they do come in handy. But they could have made it a lot cooler. It just felt like, you know, they made it more like at times where she was like a little bit more like whimsical than some of the other characters. Because she knew she wasn't going to die. Like, when she's falling backwards and she's acting like she's just going to like, you know, like fall down on a bed with her hands behind her head. You know, and I'm just like... Okay, I don't know. It was okay. I also had a compl- I also didn't I I also had a big problem with Brolin as Th- as Thanos, um, as uh, cable. And um he just I don't know, there's like times where I did like it. Um I liked it because I liked it after the fact he became like one of the team, but as he's like fighting them, I just couldn't kind of stand him. And I don't know. I just don't think he fit well. There were other actors that I would have considered that would have been better than him. That maybe maybe have him play more of a... I was never scared of him in this movie. I mean, he's a a guy... Think about it. He's a guy who's lost his family. And I wanted to see someone a little bit more over the edge, full of rage. And I think that would actually play to see a guy who's like losing his shit. And then Deadpool kind of reacting to that and underplaying it a little bit. Um, and so I don't know. I just, um, I, 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 I in Deadpool two to Metallica and like, and, and what I mean by that is like Metallica <laughs> as they became like better musicians, as they got older, the music became like more intricate and, and, and they added more layers to their sounds and, and, but I always liked the original stuff better because it was simpler and it was more raw and it was just, it felt like it had real passion behind it. And I think Deadpool 2 tries to duplicate some of the passion from the first one with the heart. Cause that was like, that was a romance comedy slash action superhero film. And this kind of tries to duplicate it, but it's, it's a, it's a cheaper imitation in my opinion. And I like the old Metallica. So um i just think that deadpool one overall has a better story a better soundtrack it's got a better villain in ajax and it's just a better movie altogether so it's a deadpool 2 is a high taste for those reasons for me and um uh, but there's a lot that i did love about this movie that's why it was so hard i had to watch it three times um it was so hard to kind of nail this one down because i but i felt like 3 4 weeks removed from this one I'm I'm going to be happy that I gave it a high taste it. I really am. Cuz like you come <laughs> out of a film sometimes. Like the first time I came out of it I was at a high taste it. The second time I was like, "Oh man, maybe this should get a Tupperware." And then this last time I'm like, "No, it's it's definitely high taste it and you know it is. You you know in your right mind you can't give this a Tupperware." And I'm not saying that this can't be a Tupperware for somebody. Joe, you gave it a Tupperware and I totally like I can totally see why you would. And I can see why everybody else would. And high taste it's not a bad fucking rating. I mean, it's like just yeah. yeah. <laughs> right under, right under being like like a, a perfect score. So, you know, let's uh I guess we can kind of break this one down if you guys want to, unless you guys wanted to elaborate a little bit more on what I said.
4: I love the uh Metallica metaphor a lot. Um I had to hit my mute button and laugh as I was thinking that you just called Deadpool 2 reload
5: oh god
1: it's 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 the it's the the unforgiven two
5: of
1: of of their musical library
4: you know oh man i'm so glad i'm not alone on the island with the cable thing i just i think you brought a lot of good points up about it brian it like it just didn't fit like the puzzle piece wasn't for the right puzzle board it was like they they tried to play it too seriously but then they kind of failed on that because we never like dramatically cared much about the character. Like I never really felt sympathy for Cable. Like they didn't show me that amazing flashback where, you know, his family was what happened and everything where they didn't really give much symbolism to the bear other than just knowing what it was. Well, we like, didn't, didn't find out
1: of, we didn't find out until the third act that it wasn't like dirt. We found out that it was the blood of his daughter, you know.
4: Yeah, and none of that really hit. Like, I wasn't like, oh, that that explains why I've been bored by Cable for the last 30 minutes. Like, it was just so weird. I was very surprised that, like, I kind of thought Cable would, like, I guess Wally doesn't want everyone to have Deadpool's voice, and I don't want that either. But I still kind of thought there would be just humor involved with who Cable was, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Not forced jokes, but yeah.
3: The straight man playing off the crazy guy. That's what I wanted. That's
1: absolutely what I wanted. I wanted. I mean, he he lost his family. His family's dead. I just wanted to see him a little like lose his shit and just be like, kind of. I don't know. He was a little bit more composed than really. That could
3: go hand in hand with not having a great villain. If they had a great villain to make you actually care for the welfare of Cable or Deadpool or whoever, then that might make you care about the character a little bit more.
4: Yeah, he was just so super serious, and it's like that makes no sense in a Deadpool movie. Kind of, it was just so out of place.
1: Well, I mean, once he became kind of part of the team, he did start to lighten up when they're in the back of Dupinder's taxi and making the jokes of like you're just a clown in a in a sex toy outfit and uh, dressed like a sex toy. And then he, you know, he did start to start crack some jokes later towards the end of the film. Um, when yeah, and then when the the one guy who was running the orphanage was running and he was like, oh my God, he even runs like a pedophile. And then, <laughs> and then Deadpool yeah, says, line. Deadpool says, yeah, he runs like a pedophile that just lost his computer or something. And I was just like, all right. Yeah. I mean, so they're kind of like, there's a little bit of the jokes between them there. Um So it did happen, but it just,
4: it took a while. I don't know. Yeah, It was kind of too little, too late. Like they just needed to, get to that moment quicker
1: i feel like we're just bashing the film and all, on all actuality i really enjoyed this one and yeah and that's you know, where i'm at too
4: there.
3: i there was a i'm really close to a tupperware it's just the the problems i had with it i just couldn't overlook you know what i mean especially or,
1: or explain for that matter
3: yeah I, you know <laughs> i do the best i can <laughs>
1: No, I mean, the, the other thing that I kind of like—I I don't know—maybe, maybe I'm crazy for thinking this too. I, I, and and I, this will be the—I le- don't know—I don't want this to be, the, might not be the last of my complaints,
4: but because I'm going to get into some uh, of the things. I, pl- that, I plan on bitching about more stuff.
1: No, I, I plan on talking about a lot of things that I really did enjoy too. Um, but I, the theme of family was kind of set at the beginning of the film, and I felt like, you know, as far as like getting that theme across in the movie. I don't know if I really felt like at the end of it, I don't know if it really hit me, it, I guess it did, like parts of it hit me with like the Russell kid, you know, like I felt real bad for him. I felt like when they were showing like the flashbacks of him, uh, being tortured and things like that, that it, it, it reminded me of the, uh, what was that, that, that new, uh, the, the Harry Potter, the Fantastic Beast with, uh, Ezra Miller's character being tortured for, for you know having magical powers and stuff like that. I was like, oh okay. But that's X-Men. I mean that's what happens. That happens to a lot of X Men in the universe and a lot of X Men are tortured for their powers. I don't know. I did the did the family theme work for you guys by the end? Because like he they really tried to make that a point at the beginning. Deadpool says, you know, in in the narration like this is a family movie. And then at the end of the movie, as they're walking away, he again makes the point and says, "Yeah, this is a family movie. It's got a splash of diabetes, a splash of, you know, all this other stuff." And um, I don't know. Did the family thing? Did the family theme one hundred percent click with you guys in this film? Because I felt like, and I hate to say this, I was not going to say it, but I hate to say it, but I felt like it really worked a lot better in Guardians of the Galaxy. And I don't know if any movie can really replicate that. And I know that this is, like, even more of a band of misfits than the fucking Guardians movie,
4: but... I don't think it did work, though, Brian. Because, like, with the Guardians, the family theme, like, sells their own, like, kind of franchise, where, to me, a little bit of the problem with Deadpool 2, like, I agree, it wasn't as special as Deadpool 1. And one of the things that made it not as special was kind of the acknowledgement that we have a franchise here that we have to move forward with. And it, it kind of felt like he traded his girlfriend in for a franchise at the end like it wasn't a loving family it was a money-making movie franchise that he sacrificed her for and I, I wish i almost wish he would have made that joke and i would have forgiven it more so i it did not work i did i didn't really have heartfelt like family but i mean i don't go to a deadpool movie to get the feels you know i mean it's cool it's cool when you get them but so I'm not going to take it away from it too I don't much, know, man. but yeah, so, it was a bit of a failure.
1: That first movie for being as funny as it was though, man, it had a lot of heart in it. It really did. Oh my God. Yeah. Like that movie hits me in certain spots. Like, it, it, like uh, the fact that I think it, it, you know, like I call it a romance and I really do think it's a romance between, you know, him and Vanessa, you know, and it's, I, that's, I love that first movie. It, like, I don't know. It, it works for me on that level. And, and, And then here I just kind of, I didn't like it when they took her out so early in the movie. I was really (laughs) enjoying, I was really, really enjoying our little, our little, uh, romantic moment of them on the couch together. And I'm like, oh my God, here, I'd finally get to see them together. And like, you know, and they're talking about having kids possibly and, and all this stuff. And then like instantly (laughs) she is murdered. I'm (laughs) like, okay, all right.
2: Yeah. That, that moment really shocked me. But at the same time, right before it happened, I was like, there is way too much stuff going well in Wade's life right now. Mm. It it's gotta go downhill. And and then, you know, the next part of that scene happens. And you know, the family thing did sell me at the end, and I, I felt a little silly afterwards because I was like, Oh, okay, the whole X Force thing is the family because just you know, going off the trailers and what we saw at the beginning of the movie when it was first brought up, I thought it was just going to be him. And Vanessa then taking in this kid is like, you know, they're, they're, you know, a adopted child or, yeah. or something like yeah. that. And so it, you know, it didn't pan out that way obviously in the movie, but, but it hit well for me. I mean, if you do want to try and compare it against something like Guardians of the Galaxy, it's, it's not that level, but, but it worked for me.
1: Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that it like did not 100% work for me either. Cause like there were things at the end of the movie, like with, with Russell, and I, I really, I really felt bad for that kid. You know what I mean? I really did. And I love the actor. I'm a big fan of Julian Dennison. I loved Hunt for the Wilder People. So it was just kind of fun seeing him in this movie. And then, you know, be, like, saying like, you know, there's, there's not a lot of, uh, need for plus size superheroes. He's like, you know, and I was just like, Wow, this kid's he can he can he can he can make jokes about that, and you know, and also he's kind of like bringing attention to it. There really isn't, especially in the comic books. I mean, I think their valiant has faith, and that's about it. I mean, or the, you know, if you want to get into Marvel stuff, they're always like villains, like the Blob or something. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I don't. I I really like the kid. I I, I guess. There was just, I guess it was, it just didn't feel as personal of a story as the first one because you have all these different moving parts. Um, as far as like Domino is concerned, I love the character and I felt like there wasn't a lot of time really dedicated to Domino in this as far as like fleshing out her character. They did bring up the fact that she was a part of the orphanage, but like, you know, when she was younger, she was tortured and that's one of the th- things that kind of like makes up that character. And I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like the directors really. They gave her some stuff to do. I think it could have been a lot cooler. I think there could have been a lot cooler things that they had her character do with that power set. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and then it, and of course, it's like I don't want her to get the Black Widow treatment. Like where you know, I would love to see them. I would love to see a a capable director be able to give us a solo Domino film with Zazie Beats and give us give me all the things that I want in a Domino movie you know, all the cool things that she can do. And then like, give us the backstory and have us feel something for her. And, And um, but then you know here I am I'm talking about all this stuff and it's like you got to remember Brian it's a fucking Deadpool movie the jokes (laughs) the jokes are going to come fast the jokes are going to come fast and furious and I think like a lot of the jokes I didn't even hear on the first time and I had to go through and listen to them the second time but even when I went and saw Deadpool the original right before in the double feature I was laughing at most of those jokes a lot harder than the ones in this one unfortunately.
4: Yeah, comedy sequels always have a rough time, don't they? Like, it's just always hard to reproduce that magic that you first had. Like, it's very rare do you find the comedy movie, movie sequel that is superior to the first one.
1: Well, that's see, that's that, 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 we're not we're not. Uh, I hate to. Cu- I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go Waller. for it. Go um, for. I'll, I'll, I'll get to you in a second here, but we're not the we're not we're not. It's subjective because, like, it's crazy. I'm reading articles Scott Mendelson from Forbes had an article about Deadpool two that was titled Deadpool two better than the first in almost every way. And he goes into this article. Some of the critics didn't like it as much, but I think this, I think it's around an 82, 83, 84%, which the first film I believe was an 83. And I think it was an 84 last time I checked. So it's equal to as far as like the ratings are concerned. And I think that by the reactions of some of the people in my crowds. Now I've been with three different crowds, but there were some crowds that laughed at certain jokes and other crowds that didn't. But then on the flip side, I'd go to another screening and the crowd that didn't laugh is now laughing. It's just, it's crazy what people pick up. Like the scene where, and I laughed so fucking hard at this when Julian Dennison, when he, you know, Russell is leaned up against juggernaut cell and he's like, we need, we need a code word or a sound. And he goes, Ca-cah. No, that's stupid. <laughs> and I I fucking started rolling. <laughs> and then I went my last screening, like, no, nobody made a sound. And I'm just like, okay, that didn't work for these people. And I don't know. It's just, uh, it, 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 comedy is very subjective. And then sometimes in a, in a movie like this, when the jokes are coming, like fast and furious, like you don't pick up on all of them. But I'm sorry, Wally, I cut you off what you're we saying, man.
3: No, just uh, basically, Deadpool 1 was such... A lightning in a bottle situation and I would say a a vast majority of the people didn't even see it coming or know what to expect with that and then with two you know you have most people know who Deadpool is now and what to expect and what his comedy is so I think that's just a hard thing to replicate
1: Yeah. I I honestly, I feel like David Leach being such a great action guy, you know, with the John Wick stuff and also coming from a stunt background and a stunt coordinator background himself. I mean, this, he was the, he was the action coordinator for X-Men Origin Wolverine. So, um, he, it's not like he hasn't done action films before. He's also been a stunt man and he did the John Wick films. Um, he did Atomic Blonde. Like this guy knows his stuff. I I still feel like tim miller did better in the first one am i crazy yeah
4: it felt a bit choppy the action felt a little bit like just like hands smacking hands and just not as cohesive as the first one i i thought the same thing i don't know if it was my expectations of knowing that the john wick director was involved and just thinking that these were going to be like just gorgeous action set pieces and then I don't know. I, I agree. I think a little went a long way in the first movie. They had limitations and being forced to them. I think they made a better looking product at the end of the day. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. See, it's weird. I, I'm. I love the action in this, and uh, I, I, there were scenes in this where you could replace John Wick with Deadpool and not know what movie you're watching, because just like the scenes where he first you know jumps out the window when Vanessa's shot and killed and it's raining and you got the slow motion of him walking in the puddles and then you know the driving and the fighting is reminiscent to the John Wick yeah I love the action and I'm not much of a CGI like I usually kind of roll my eyes at the big CGI battles for the most part and I love the battle between Colossus and uh and Juggernaut in this I thought it was great
1: I thought it was great up until the end when they shoved the. Yes. I thought that got a little bit silly. Yeah, with the (laughs) the the electrical cable like right up his ass. I was like, "Come on!" But um, (laughs) that's the
3: that's the Russian enema.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I, I, uh, I, yeah, the scene that you're talking about, I loved, I did like that scene where he jumped out the window and goes after the guy. I mean, that was, there was a lot of emotion involved in that scene too. But I'm just, I was, it was mostly, I think it was the convoy scene in the city when they're driving around. I, I mean, I remember watching the, the, the making of like the people had been filming the action scenes on their cell phones and, you know, like I was like, oh my God, I cannot wait for this convoy scene. This is going to be amazing. And it was good. It was good. It was good. But it, it just, in my opinion, opinion it was not it, it was not great I felt like just the simple scene at the beginning well we see the scene take place over different moments in the film in the original Deadpool film and I don't mean to go back to the original Deadpool film so much but I'm doing it for comparative reasons but like when Deadpool's fighting when he jumps off the bridge and he's fighting those guys in the car and all that shit's going down I think that that scene and that and the end of that scene is better than anything that I think I saw in this film like I mean it starts off with him fighting these guys in the car and it's amazing and it ends with him counting off the different bullets and it was just it was super cool it was just so incredible I loved it so much and it's just I don't know the the convoy scene was good it was good I mean I'm not saying it was a horrible action scene but man I just with the budget that they had on this one I just wanted them to ramp it up that much more and especially with the director involved David Leach I think he did a good job I just think it's crazy. I think Tim Miller actually did better with the action stuff for me.
4: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, during the Cable action sequences, they had really weird Foley effects, too, that I didn't know if they were supposed to be intentionally funny or not. Did anyone else notice that? Like, they, It's like, Cable's moving his arm, so insert weird robot noise.
2: Yeah, I picked up a lot of that, too.
4: Yeah, I thought that a, a very bizarre stylistic choice. Like, for a character that... We're seemingly not supposed to be laughing at? why are they giving him funny sound effects?
1: <laughs> I did <laughs> I did pick up the Wilhelm scream in the movie. It did happen. I'm trying to remember where yeah. nice it, it did happen though I'm trying to remember what scene it was. Deadpool gets thrown to the ground or something and he makes the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> but I can't remember the scene right now. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's cool. I like that um, I have guys- my ten
2: year old trained to pick that up. He points it out in every movie he hears it now I'm so proud.
1: Nice.
3: (laughs) (laughs) did you guys catch matt damon in this
1: yes yes uh the both of the rednecks were celebrities uh the rednecks that you see in the movie that are sitting there and they're talking about uh the baby wipes and they're like yeah and if you want to finish it off with a with a dry piece of toilet paper just give it a blow and go and that was matt damon (laughs) he was the he was the one on the left and the one on the right was alan tudyk (laughs)
2: i did not catch that that's fantastic
1: yeah yeah so yeah that's uh very cool I, that was one of my favorite scenes actually <laughs> that was really funny <laughs> so he's cameoed in two yes. marvel superhero flicks now that's pretty cool thor ragnarok as well he played uh, the actor that played loki <laughs> so yeah. yeah let's talk about the you know let's talk about the beginning of the film where deadpool kills himself um, we get the scene where you know Deadpool's sitting on the on the uh, like the fuel and flicks up the cigarette and blows himself up. I thought it was funny. I like the meta stuff there with like you know like oh Wolverine's not the only Logan's not the only one that can die. Fuck you and he's flipping him off and I thought that was I thought that, that was a lot of fun. And I found out I don't know did you guys did you guys like that or
4: yeah that was pretty funny. Michelle turns to me during that part you know she hasn't seen Logan and goes. Is that a spoiler for Logan? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. And I made it even more, like, unintentionally funny for me. I was like, uh, yes.
1: (laughs) I want the... They need to make the Logan music box where he's on the, where he's like staked to the tree and it's, it's playing all out of love. (laughs) I was just going to say, I want that collectible. They need to make that. That was really funny. I found out that there were a ton of these different suicide shots for, that they had filmed. And it sounds like he had tried it over and over and over again. So they made it kind of like a very like Groundhog's Day like Mm. type of thing. And Here's what the writers, uh, Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese said about that. They were, they were asked about these scenes in a Reddit Ask Me Anything session and they said one, one thing we really wanted to see and actually shot was a Deadpool suicide montage where Deadpool is trying to kill himself over and over in increasingly violent ways, drinking Draino, jumping into a polar bear enclosure, <laughs> et cetera. You should be able to see it on the DVD. So they're gonna release that hopefully as the some of the Blu-ray DVD extras deleted scenes when this does come out, which I think is pretty awesome.
4: Yeah, that's a cool sequence. I wonder how long of a sequence. I wonder how many different tips like that. That that'll be fun. I can see why they would make the decision not to do that. But honestly about hearing about that, that would have I think that would have set the tone a little bit better than kind of the drabness that they decided to set the tone with at the beginning of the movie.
1: I, I I don't know I I don't I don't know if I'd want to see it in the film I think like it it kind of makes its point as like he just wanted it to be like this one big grand thing and you know I don't know it depends on like are you going comedy or are you want a little bit of serious in this but I mean they sprinkle the comedy throughout this all over the place so it really doesn't matter yeah,
4: yeah I think as long as you end with the one that actually works that you show that that it would have worked pretty well
1: yeah i i guess either way Uh, but um let's see here let's talk about um i don't know i don't know this this movie is so all over the place when he when he blows up and he's back at the x mansion some of the things that i liked about that i did really get a kick out of the x-men cameos
4: oh that was fantastic
2: Oh, I laughed so hard at Beast just slowly closing those pocket yeah. doors. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Him rolling around in Professor X's wheelchair was great too. That was yeah. amazing. All the 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 actors that they had, they had actually gotten um, James McAvoy's Charles X, uh, Charles Xavier, excuse me. Uh, Evan Peters as Quicksilver. They got Ty Sheridan as Cyclops. Alexander Shipp was there as Storm. And Cody Smith-McPhee is Nightcrawler. And then, of course, um, Nicholas Hold is beast So they got them all to reprise their roles just for that one scene. And I yeah. think what they did was they shot this while... They didn't shoot this. I think it was shot while filming was going on for X-Men Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix was actually in principal photography of uh, from june of last year to october of last year and they started to film deadpool 2 in june of 2017 so they probably just they probably reached out to simon kinberg and you know the people working with the dark phoenix crew and just asked them could you guys could you guys film this for us real quick and then send it to us and then use it and i i thought it was pretty awesome
4: Yeah, great shot, too, that they crammed everyone in in such a quick shot, like a real good use of the widescreen there. Yeah.
1: I One of the – okay, I know they can't do like a Patrick Stewart cameo, really. I don't know. Maybe they could have. But if they didn't have the fucking poop emoji joke in the first film, they could have used – they could have had a Patrick Stewart joke with that fucking poop emoji in this one. In the first (laughs) one, he hadn't played the poop emoji in the emoji film.
4: Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's funny. Yeah. I'd like, forgotten that he even was the poop emoji.
1: Yeah. Well, in the first movie, Ajax sends him a text and it says something. And then after that, he sends the poop emoji to Deadpool. And I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking in this movie, I was like, holy shit, man. They didn't even know that Patrick Stewart was going to be the, he was going to play the poop emoji in that first film. It would have worked so much better in this one. Yeah. yeah that would have been shocking.
2: They didn't do that.
1: Yeah, maybe it got cut. I mean, do you think that these guys would have thought of that. You know what I mean?
4: I yeah, how much ad-libbing do you think is going on in the on a Deadpool set?
1: Quite a bit. I mean, I think, like, um, you know, because we saw some of the stuff left out, you know, some of the stuff in the trailers that was actually left out in the actual film. You know, he said, like, when he comes home to Vanessa after, like, going around as this, you know, mercenary going around killing all these different gangs from all over the world, you know, in the trailer... The TV spot and also the official trailers, he's like, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm late. I was just getting rid of all the gluten in the world. And then by the time you're watching the movie, his excuse is, Oh, I'm sorry. There was a bunch of handicapable children stuck in a tree. And (laughs) then I had, then I battled a, you know, uh, caped crusader whose, whose mother's name was Martha too. So, (laughs) you know, they, 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 they had different jokes in the trailers than they had in the actual film. And I'm I'm sure some of that stuff was just, like, ad-libbed, you know, as their... Because Robert Downey Jr. does the same thing. Yes. And I can definitely see Ryan Reynolds doing it as well and seeing what works. So, I don't know, man. I, um... Let's see here. Uh... I'm trying to think of what I want to talk about next. I guess I want to... Let's talk about Russell. Um... We've got we've got this kid uh, Russell calls himself Firefist, and he's at an orphanage, and it's a it's a mutant reeducation center, and he's been being, been abused by the staff, and so Colossus wants to get uh, Deadpool out as a, one of the X Men's trainees to go out there and, and take care of this one. They think it's a good mission for Deadpool to start out on. And, uh I mean this kind of like this leads us into a lot of the movie you know we get to uh, I mean this connects us with cable this is like where cable starts this is where you know um, we go to the ice box you know this leads us into the juggernaut stuff um did you what did you guys think of Julian Dennison in the film did the kid work for you or did or
4: or did he not jake oh, i th- I thought he was charming enough i I didn't I didn't dislike him by any means, but I wasn't, like, I don't know. I wasn't in love with him or, re- like, really, like, dramatically invested in the character in any means whatsoever. But he, he I didn't dislike him, and he wasn't a distraction from the movie. And I, I thought the chemistry between him and Deadpool was pretty fun. Like, I guess it did work at the end of the movie when I, you know, the drama of Deadpool being able to talk this kid out of making his first kill did work for me based on the earlier bonding stuff with Deadpool and this character.
5: So
1: did, I mean, guys, did it, did it work for you that, that we didn't like, I don't know. I don't really know how to say this. I, I, I keep saying like the film didn't have a true villain. There were villains in the film, but I didn't feel like there was like one central villain and maybe that, Maybe that's not to the film's detriment, or is it? Is it just is it my problem that I feel like the film had to have a central villain for it to be successful, um, to be a perfect movie?
4: Mm, I don't think it. I think it because it wasn't a perfect movie. You're trying to like figure out that missing equation, and it, like maybe it's a villain. Like, but maybe just it just could have been just a more solid like screenplay to begin with, you know. Well, see,
1: the thing is, it's like okay, here's the thing: the movie kind of sets the kid up to be very young. You know, he's young, like he's playing a 14 year old kid. And part of me is thinking to myself, I know this is an R rated film, and I know this is Deadpool, but I still can't see 20th Century Fox letting the writers get away with them shooting this kid in the head and the kid's dead. You know what I mean? Or I mean, I guess they could. I mean, uh, Cedric Diggory dies in the Harry Potter films, but I mean, like how violent are they going to let this kid die? I'm thinking that. So that's in the back of my head. And then I'm also thinking to myself, this is definitely a Cable redemption story from the get-go. Like there's no fear that Cable is not going to be a part of X-Force in the future going forward. Um, Mm -hmm. I just kept waiting for that next villain. Now, I guess you could make the argument that the next villain is going to be the juggernaut. But I felt like Juggernaut was just kind of brought in there to serve a purpose for Fire Fist, so I just really never—I don't know—I felt like, and I'm not saying—I'm not saying that fucking Deadpool has to have the Joker from the Dark Knight Nolan films. I just, I just, I really kind of like—I guess when I'm stacking it up next to Ajax, I just really, I really thought that Ajax was more of a, oh man, really against Deadpool, he's just more of a more of a threat.
4: You know, it's fun to have Deadpool have a villain because then Deadpool can bounce off that villain and have fun with that. Like, you know what I'm saying? You, you, Ajax worked so well, just like within the confines of the movie and the universe. Yeah. So I get what you're saying. Maybe this would have worked better if they would have had, like, it was so predictable in the fact that you're right. Like you're always just waiting for cable to be redeemed. Yeah. And I never really felt like they weren't going to save the kid. Like had they have, had the balls to make the kid the villain and go ahead and get his first kill and even deadpool couldn't stop it yeah i kind of think that would have been better uh, yeah
1: but uh, they've got they it sounds like they probably with the team that walked away at the end of the movie it sounds like they're going to be the team going into the future x-force film and so it was basically just a setup for the next film the villain of okay no i'm not going to get into that uh, um Wally, what? I, do, what? Do, what do you, uh, sorry, Jake. What? Go ahead.
4: I, I was gonna say I agree with you, Brian. And like I, I, I kind of made that point earlier. I a little bit of the specialness of the of this movie was unfortunately lost due to franchise building for me. Like you can't help but yeah. kind of know certain outcomes because you already know where the franchise building. Yeah,
1: going. I'm starting to see that too as we're unpacking it. So yeah, I agree. Wally, do you have any thoughts on anything we're saying here?
3: Um, anybody that puts good use to a prison wallet, I'm all for. So.
1: All right. Yes, a child stuck a uh, a shank up his ass. That that did happen in the movie. I didn't. It just kept coming back up.
3: Could have been an adult. No, I specified
1: a child. No, I took it there.
3: I I know why. uh, I'm not. No, I did like him as as a character. He didn't like like. I agree with Jake for most for the most part. He didn't bother me or anything. I I laughed at you know most of the jokes that he had and. uh, I, I, li- I like him, too. I liked him in Hunt for the Wilder People. And, yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, I was more prone to give him the benefit of the doubt anyway.
1: Yeah. Joe, were you a fan?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: you know, it, with this talk about the film having a lack of a villain, for me, it was, I think the second time I watched it, I'm going to look at it through a different lens. But I I never really picked up on that on the first time. And, and when... You know, something along that wavelength would kind of enter my mind. I was kind of viewing Russell as the villain. And then when we had that scene towards the end of the movie where we see an adult Russell going into Cable's apartment and killing his family, then, you know, it really does reaffirm it. Mm -hmm. And it it was cool to me that we had a double redemption story in this because, like you were saying, we were going to see... Cable get a redemption in this because we know that he 's going to be in the x force movie i didn 't know what was going to happen with the kid, yeah um, for sure going into this i didn 't think that, that that Fox would actually end up killing the kid, but you know I, I never really considered the the whole villain thing until you guys were bringing it up, and when you do compare it against Ajax it is it is very different but in a way this is a very different movie
1: yeah it is and that, 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 i think it goes back to that family theme as like they, they were trying to set up the family theme and then that goes hand in hand with what jake says of like they're trying to set up the next film the x force and so we're trying to figure out like is it to the detriment of our enjoyment of this film that they're doing this universe building Where Deadpool Deadpool itself, like the original film, just felt like a very personal Deadpool story. Yes, they introduced Colossus. Yes, they introduced Negasonic Teenage Warhead. But on the flip side, it just felt like a very personal story. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to compare this to like Iron Man two or or some of those Marvel movies where they just do all this fucking bullshit setup. Like I think that this there's some setup that I'm going to talk about later in this film. That I think that they've been pretty masterful with, um, and ha- they've really kind of impressed me that they haven't been shoving it down our throats.
4: But um, Jake, you had something to say? Oh, yeah, never mind. I, you, you basically got it. Um, they
1: were uh, <laughs> CBR was t- actually talking to uh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, the writers of this movie, about kind of like what we're talking about now. I guess um, about there not being like a. Um, a definitive villain, I guess. And the original villain that they had for the film, uh, was Black Tom Cassidy. And Rhett Reese said there was a much grander version of him in an earlier script where he actually lives until the end of the act, of act three and he becomes the devil on Fist's shoulder trying to get him to turn bad. Uh, Paul Warnock says he was essentially the villain. There was a script where he was the primary villain of the movie. And then Rhett Reese followed up and said, but we thought we were overstuffing the movie a little bit with too many antagonists, too many villains. And also budgetarily, it was very, very expensive because his powers are to move organic material around the entire orphanage and the trees. Everything was flying around and the hailstorms of wood. It was really cool because remember, the character can control wood and plant life and stuff. But um, he goes on to say it was really cool, but it was also really, really expensive. And we just thought we prefer to throw that money to the CG of Juggernaut as opposed to Black Tom. So he got reduced and then killed, which I know a lot of people are probably going to be upset about. But we can always go back in time and make anybody alive. So perhaps he'll come back. Jack did a great job with the character in limited time. That was Black Tom's role, and it did reduce a little bit, unfortunately. So it sounds like in an earlier – I don't know if it was – yeah, it was an earlier script that he actually lives until the end of Act Three, and he's the pr- one of the he's the primary villain.
4: Mm, that's interesting, and I, you obviously, I think at that point they would have connected him stronger to the Juggernaut too if they were going to make that the case. I would imagine, right?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they've got strong ties in the comic books. You know, they're basically like crime partners, so um I think they. They just said, oh, we're going to reduce his role, not give him the CG. We'll give you a fully-blown Juggernaut. We're going to redeem the Juggernaut character from the X-Men Last Stand, and uh, (laughs) we'll just give you a powerless uh, black Tom Cassidy who's still got his uh, his, uh, neck, his mutant neck, whatever. What are those things? I don't even know what that's called, that dampener, that mutant dampener that they have on their neck? Yeah, the deadlock. (laughs) Yeah. So... Yeah, um let's see here. We've got uh oh yeah, I did want to talk about this. I did want to talk about this. There's the fight in the ice box and it's between Deadpool and Cable. And they're fighting uh, Deadpool doesn't have his powers and um you know, I I yeah, I I some of this, I don't know. Some of this, some of the, I don't know. Some of this worked well. Some of this did work well for me. Uh, I know you weren't the biggest fan of this stuff, Jake, but like some of it did work well for me with uh, with Russell and and Wade standing up for the kid and, and and trying to stop Cable from killing him, asking him why are you trying to kill him. But then on the flip side, being so so depressed and hating himself for letting Vanessa die that he says he's not friends with Russell and that the kid means nothing to him. And I don't think that he really means that. I think that he's saying these things because he hates himself and he doesn't want to let anybody else in and hurt anyone else. And that's why he tells Russell when they're in the icebox, you need to find the biggest guy or just make a friend, anybody but me. He just wants to die because he's lost the most important thing in his life. And like some of this stuff is working for me even though he feels that way and he's still fighting for Russell and we've got this fight with between him and Cable, but then we get like this. We get, and then he gets Cable's gun and shoots Cable. And I was like, "That's badass." Uh,
4: <laughs> I don't know. I just don't want to see Deadpool that depressed in the first half of the movie. Like it's just, I don't know. Like it, to me, that like I said, that whole first half, I really had a hard time with it. Honestly, until the movie like really picked up, I was like, "Am I hating this movie?"
1: No, 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 no. Like, I agree. The first hour is not my favorite, but I'm talking about some of the. I guess, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of Vanessa having to go at the beginning of the film, but since she did, and they're exploring that, like how is Deadpool, how is Wade Wilson, this wise cracking guy, gonna react to the love of his life being murdered? And that's what we're, that's what they're exploring. So I was kind of into it, I was trying to like, kind of like, get into his psyche that how he's feeling and you could tell like i think i think they did a really good job of showing us like how depressed he was and and how he's just wanting to push everybody out and just kind of die and like you know he didn't care and um he, he did care but he didn't like he, he cared enough to like shoot like that the the guy at the orphanage in the head and get sent to the icebox and he cared enough to like stick up for Russell. but on the flip side it's just like you know, I think he's if Cable kills him here, he kills him. He's just you know, I don't know. I I didn't have too much of a problem with some of the stuff that was being explored with the character here, but that, that's just me. So I don't know. Mm. Um, I wanted to talk about they're in the room, they, like the shower room, and like the the water's coming down off the ceiling and everything. Um, and we've got uh, he asks Cable three questions, and he asks him. The first question you ask him, is dubstep still a thing? He's asking him questions about the future. And does that have a hidden meaning when he says, is dubstep still a thing? Now, hear me out. I know you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Is it a slam against Junkie XL leaving
4: Mm, the franchise? all his dubstep music and everything?
1: Yeah, because Junkie XL, hear me out. Junkie XL dropped out of the film after Tim Miller left. He dropped out, so i i was I, I I'm not saying like oh that's a dub. that's that's a that's a junkie excel slam, but like like I didn't know it could be a very subtle one,
4: yeah, I agree with you that it could be that's kind of shitty if that was the intention in my opinion that's
1: what I was thinking, man. he gave <laughs> him a great soundtrack for that first movie, so yeah I, I thought it was just a way to
2: drop in the bangerang
1: <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah I, I, yes and they did they, they and they did it's 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 one of those things though like sometimes there's hidden meetings in in movies and when he says is dubstep still a thing and then you know like of course like cable says like dubstep is for pussies or something like that i mean i'm just thinking like knowing knowing the knowing the history of this movie and like after tim miller like was off the project Junkie XL was the next guy to go. Like he followed suit. So I don't know if it was like one of the like bad blood between Junkie XL and the studio, and like him, like I well I I only want to score Tim Miller's film. I'm not I don't I don't care who you get. I'm done. I'm out. I'm out. So he maybe. So I don't know. I just thought that there's a hint of that possibly in there with that one line.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely yeah. possible. But then we have you know our our protagonist his next line saying you know I like dubstep.
1: Well, sure yeah i yeah i mean i get it i get it i don't know i just thought maybe you know like they've they've got so many slams in these fucking movies against the dc universe i but i guess they're like just out there you know so but um uh let's see here um let's tell you what let's take a quick break oh yeah the other two questions were what sharknado are they on and then the third third one is when our audience is going to get tired of characters with robot arms so that was the, that was the third one but yeah let's let's take a quick break, and uh we'll be right back. Back. I want to. Can I talk about the the joke that had me laughing like all three times that I watched the movie? Yeah, of course. Oh my god! Uh, it's when uh, Black Tom Cassidy gets shot, and, and Deadpool says, "You killed Black Tom, you racist son of a bitch."
3: <laughs> I loved all the cable was a racist stuff. Oh, it fucking yeah, st-
4: that was super funny. He's <laughs> dying. Like re- Good. Oh, I was just. That was the most redeeming part of Cable to me. It was all the jokes at his expense from Deadpool.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully one day you'll be able to judge people on the content of their character (laughs) and not by the color of their skin. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
5: That
1: that was fucking great. Oh man, yeah, but yeah, fucking that Black Tom shit. Let's talk about some of the. uh, Let's talk about uh, X Force, the team. Um, some of the characters that we got, uh, in the, in the movie, of course, we've got, you know, they, they, they have, they have their little X-Force auditions. And, uh, one of the cool things that I saw in the background of when they're doing the auditions is it was on the back wall. You saw Joker's Bang Gun from, um, the first Batman film, uh, the, uh, uh, Tim Burton film. Oh, that's oh, nice. awesome. Yeah. They had, it was behind, weasel during the auditions on the wall there's this gun and it says bang and it's it's the gun from 1989's batman and i was like okay why is that there but that's cool i'll take it uh but i I, what did you guys think And what did you guys what did you guys think of the team dying like i did not dude that's what
2: i was just gonna say is did was anybody else shocked by that yeah I
4: i was yeah that was one of the most brilliant moments of the movie it was like a mixture of absolute shock and horror and like uncontrollable laughter at the same time. It was yeah. a very, a very odd emotion. It was, it was fantastic. I,
1: the, the funny, the, 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 crazy thing is that in, in one of the trailers, and it was also in TV spot number four, if you want to check it out, that's on YouTube, but the original trip, one of the original trailers, I think it was maybe trailer number two. And then, like I said, TV spot number four, there's a shot of Bedlam played by Terry Cruz and he's punching one of these guys on the convoy in the face in the middle of the city, he's punching him in the face, he's on the ground, punches him in the face. And so I was like wondering, like, was that a scene? Was that, was that shot in a scene where like they survived in a, in a, in a script where (laughs) like where they survived or was this misdirection? And I found out, I looked into it. It was misdirection. They filmed that to film to fool audiences Rhett Reese actually had an interview with CBR, and he said that we – he goes, we had actors who were really generous, and they were willing to shoot footage that they knew and we knew wasn't going to end up in the movie but was only going to be in the marketing material. So we had Terry Crews out there fighting stunt guys knowing that (laughs) it was only going to be in commercials, and we did use it. It's in commercials, and it's in the trailers. It was all help to mislead the audience on this big gag. It was very elaborately constructed to make sure people bought it, and so I, even Fox is doing this with the trailers. I'm like, oh my god, you gotta be kidding me!
4: Yeah, that's super awesome. I it's one of my favorite like practices of blockbuster movies in the last like two three years is the trailer fooling. I I absolutely love it. Yeah, and yeah, God, this scene was so great. Right? Did everyone else like? As you're watching it, you're like. They're really killing all of them? Like, you come to that realization. Like, not quite at first, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's somewhere hilarious. in between
3: It's somewhere in between Terry Crews hitting the bus and you see uh, Shatterstar gliding right into the helicopter. It's yeah. like, this is really going to happen. <laughs> I like, I'm, I'm gonna go,
4: <laughs> this is really what we're doing. I love it. I do have to
3: say, I think there's a missed opportunity with Terry Crews, like, just going back and forth with Deadpool. I really wanted to see some of that.
1: Could these guys yeah. come back? Could they come back in in the X-Force film because at the end of the movie where they set everything back, uh if you notice where he does save Peter, the rest of the team isn't there. Peter lands and looks at Dead, you know, Deadpool and and, and they have that exchange that they had originally, but like right after that was when Zeitgeist gets thrown into the woodchipper and that does not happen in that scene. So it makes me feel like Part of him going back in the past was he did not recruit Shatterstar, Bedlam, and Zeitgeist and the Vanisher.
4: Hmm. That's interesting that he saves all those people.
1: Yeah, so maybe they still are alive now. <laughs> did you guys notice that the that the um the wood chipper that Zeitgeist gets killed in? The name on the side of the wood chipper is Geppetto.
4: <laughs> oh, no. that's a fantastic fucking sight guy that's a great pun.
1: <laughs> they had some really good ones there was a, what was it uh deadpool on his way to uh meet up with domino like directly after the scene where he steals the moped there's an ice cream truck and the ice cream truck is named Pryor's treats and Pryor, oh. Pryor, yeah is uh that's uh was it madeline Pryor, who is the the clone of Jean Grey that Cyclops ended up marrying and having Cable with,
4: yeah, that ends up being the other, the one that was in the cocoon. Yeah. Or the original was in the cocoon. Rachel Phillips.
1: Rachel's the name. Ra- Rachel sounds right. Uh, Rachel Summers, or it might be Summers. It might be Rachel Summers. Have you guys yeah, okay. heard the? Have you guys heard the theory that that Cable is actually. Okay, so at the beginning of the movie, you've got Vanessa and she's talking to Deadpool about having a kid. And the theory is that their kid is the woman that Cable ends up marrying. Oh wow, I hadn't heard that. Well, there's, 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 um, there's even lines that Cable drops in the movie and I wish I would have written them down, but I'm in a full theater with people and I can't really turn my phone on and start writing shit down. But he said, like, he says to Deadpool about like what happens, like if you only knew the half of it and, and all these things. And I'm just kind of like, oh my gosh, I wonder, you know, and especially like at the end of the movie where he does turn back time to, you know, to, to save Deadpool, um, it made me think, like, is he keeping him alive for a certain reason other than, other than you know, the sacrifice that he made? And and I don't know. So there's that rumor out there. And it would line up with the timeline because when we see in, <laughs> later on in the future, you know, we see uh, Firefist in the future kill his family. So we know Firefist is still alive at this time. So unless he has some crazy mutant ability that he... You know, it doesn't age that well because, like, I'm guessing the future is probably like 50, 60 years in the future or whatever.
4: Mm, That's interesting. I'm surprised there wasn't any jokes about kind of more of the comic book lore about Cable's relations to people in the actual universe, you know? (laughs) And maybe the fact that there wasn't those jokes alludes to what you're saying, that there is some kind of setup with Involving Cable and Deadpool's past, like that,
1: right? Yeah, th- th- that makes me. It, ma- it really makes me wonder because, like, they didn't they didn't reference, you know, Scott, you know, Cyclops, you know, Jean Grey or Madeline Pryor. It was all just, you know, they, that never that never came up. Um,
4: oh, and then, yeah, Those seem like funny, easy jokes that they skipped on purpose, kind of. The more you think about it, and then
1: e- Cable's resentment towards Deadpool, like later on, like it was your generation that you know. In 50 years, your generation, you know, turns this whole planet into a coma, sends this whole planet into a coma. And maybe, maybe it has something more to do with like resenting him because like it's family too. And like, le- like you know, like your generation didn't do anything to save, you know, what my family has to go through in the future, or what mutants are dealing with in the future. So I don't know. I, it's a, it's an interesting theory and maybe they'll explore that a little bit more in X-Force.
4: Hmm. Yeah, it's, it, I'm curious as to, like, how much more time-traveling stuff with cable involving Deadpool we're going to do, if right. any.
1: Yeah, I think that – I hope that they leave the time travel – well, I, I got I got quotes from Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, and I think that they mentioned that, like, they don't think that there's going to be much more time travel going on, but who knows. So I
4: would think that would be a bad direction for the Deadpool franchise, that you would want X-Men and Deadpool – to kind of leave that behind for now.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we got uh, the Vanisher, guys. Were you guys shocked at the cameo? Yeah. 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 <laughs> my theater, my first theater in IMAX just blew up. Like, oh, my God. It was so cool. We got Brad Pitt as the Vanisher. <laughs> that was so cool. <laughs> so they, uh, he was originally... Um, They wanted to get him to play cable originally, and he couldn't commit due to scheduling conflicts. And so they CBR talked with Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, the writers, and uh, CBR says, another surprise appearance, so to speak, is The Vanisher, who turned turned out to be Brad Pitt. When he was finally seen, what inspired that? Just the visual gag? Rhett Reese says, truly, that was it. Warnick says, we just thought, how fun would it be? They don't know that the guy's actually in the room or is he in the room with the parachute and so forth. The ba- Brad Pitt cameo was actually very, very late in post-process. It was the last thing we shot on the Fox lot. And then Rhett Reese said, the very last footage we shot in the movie was of Brad. He basically said, I'll do it for scale and a cup of Starbucks, but Ryan's got to go get the Starbucks for me. So so Ryan's literally delivering the Starbucks to Brad. It was so funny. Two A-list superstars getting coffee together and working for
4: scale. It was pretty fun. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, that is awesome. And then CBR... So what a great sport. That that just made it all the more funny, right? That they had so, like such great cast yeah. for all those characters.
1: Well, okay. So the CBR asked the natural question. like, Did that stem from the reports that Brad Pitt was interested in playing Cable? And then Warnick said, we had talked to Brad about being Cable at one point, and ultimately we are so happy that Josh came aboard. But I think Brad's kids are big Deadpool fans, so he jumped at the chance to be a part of it in any form or fashion. But... I think that he joined up he Brad Brad Pitt is really good friends with David leach David leach was Brad Pitt's stunt doubles uh stunt double for oceans 11 spy game Fight club Mr. and Mrs. Smith and Troy so like they've worked uh, together yeah
4: it's a, it's a simple phone call right yeah That's yeah cool. of course he's gonna help his longtime fucking buddy. Exactly.
1: And he did it for scale, like just like basically like what the um, uh, uh, the uh, the the basic actors union makes them get paid for a day. You know, yeah. Minimum wage, basically. Exactly. For an actor. So I thought that was cool. Did you guys notice the
3: Stan Lee cameo? I did not. No, no one. Uh, Kind of. It took me on the second watch and I was looking for it. But yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it,
1: w- it was uh, Domino when she's parachuting in one of the buildings on the side of the buildings. It was uh, graffiti of uh, Stan Lee.
2: Oh, okay. So it uh, wasn't like him actually doing no, some
1: acting. In. No, 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 no. But I, I would say it's a it's it's they were trying to be sly with a cameo because I, he probably for health reasons, you know, with Stan. Maybe scheduling yeah. conflict. But I thought yeah. he
3: had a. I thought he had a bunch of film, like backlogged. I thought he was that, doing a, a bunch. Yes,
1: that is for the MCU. That's for oh, Marvel okay. Studios. What did you yeah, think? You, what did you think you saw him in? What do you mean? I thought you said. Did you see him in that scene, or did you see him? Did you think you saw him in something else?
3: No, no, no. I was oh. just saying. I thought they, you know, because his health is declining. Rapidly now, but I thought a while back they just filmed like a a whole shit ton of scenes for him just
1: to put in for future films. They did. For four to six movies for Marvel Studios, not for 20th Century Fox.
2: I thought I had read something a while back, too, that he wasn't happy with the way his cameo was used in the first Deadpool movie. (laughs) He didn't realize that he was going to be, like, I, I don't know if... Whatever. When you, when you he got up it, on you're stage. Like, okay, he had to have known that yes. he was being a DJ. Yeah, he at a was strip like- club. But I don't think he realized that they were gonna show titties in the scene or something like that. <laughs> but I mean, who knows? I mean it's an
1: internet article, you know? Yeah. Come on. That's yeah. Stan.
2: That's come on. That's an
4: easy thing to make up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I we all loved that one though. I loved it. I thought it, it was, was fantastic. Great. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the best Stanley cameos, like, ever.
1: We didn't get the Deadpool creator Rob Liefeld in this film, but did you guys catch the Rob Liefeld joke in the movie?
4: Oh, about the artist yeah, that draws, yeah. can't draw feet? Oh, it was so <laughs> was
1: good. fucking hilarious. Like, nobody, nobody in my last showing laughed at it. I was like, okay, you guys don't read comics, so... But, yeah, it was like uh, he's complaining to Domino about her luck powers, and he's like, whoever would come up with that is, like, probably somebody who can't draw feet. (laughs) 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 That's the thing about Rob Liefeld recently. Like, just recently, it feels like he can laugh at himself. Like, did you guys see the character that he created and threw up on, like, Instagram? Oh, the pouch. Yeah,
3: (laughs) that guy's awesome. (laughs) He's definitely not finding anything
1: the pouch it's just a uh, a,
4: a guy he had a made gun up that of shot pouches too
1: what'd you yeah. say jake he,
4: he, not only was he entirely made of pouches but he had a gun that shot pouches
1: yes 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 and he had a he he had a uh, basically <laughs> everything was pouches like everything like even his penis was made up of pouches i'm sure it's, yeah, it was it was awesome to Oh, man. What did you guys think about our uh, new juggernaut that we got? It was way better than Bullet Tooth Tony. It was way better than what?
2: Bullet Tooth Tony from Snatch. (laughs) Whatever that actor's name is.
1: Oh, uh, Vinny. Vinny. What's his name? Vinny Jones? Vinny Jones, yeah. Yeah, Vinny Jones was terrible.
2: (laughs) Oh, I'm yeah, a, I liked
1: this one. I mean, I they made still.
2: him huge, and yes. I thought the CGI on him was pretty good. Um, I, I loved the helmet and stuff. Um, yeah.
1: yeah, it worked for me. I loved it, Jake. You don't sound like yeah. you're happy with it. No, character. I did
4: like it. I did like it. I mean, yeah, the CGI was a little wonky, but the, like the characterization was great. Like they just kind of nailed like the relentlessly violent side of Juggernaut that doesn't care. I, I was, <laughs> yeah, and I, I, loved- I laughed hysterically at the scene when he ripped. <laughs> Deadpool in half like he claimed he was gonna do it and then he did it and I was like oh okay, yeah. this is great.
1: I love the fact that Deadpool is a fanboy of the Juggernaut too and was like oh my god and he's like listing off all like his favorite issues that the Juggernaut's in and then he's like oh my god I've always dreamed about being able to see my reflection in your helmet as you're charging at me oh my god he's like and then later like earlier before that he's talking about doing like some like narration uh, and he's talking about uh, Russell making a new friend and he's totally jelly that it's the Juggernaut <laughs> <laughs> and then doesn't he say later on, he's like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's like horrible when you meet your heroes and they turn out to be like, you know, total dicks or whatever or whatever. But I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty hilarious. And then they also did something that I wanted them to do. They confirmed that, uh, Kane Marco, the juggernaut, is, uh, stepbrothers with Charles. And he talked about how he has to wear the helmet so Charles can't read his mind and all that stuff. It was a real quick throwaway line. And I was just happy that they threw it in there, that they they added that to the canon um, in this universe. I thought that that was really cool.
4: Yeah, it was cool. They definitely saved the Juggernaut from the uh, X-Men The Last Stand appearance. Did
1: you guys like the Juggernaut song?
4: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> so
1: good. Um Yeah. So, what did you guys think about the? I feel like I'm just asking you guys what you guys think about stuff. Um,
4: It's like the Chris Farley show.
1: Oh God! Don't compare me to that, Jake. Jesus (laughs)
4: Christ! No, I
1: didn't say it was. I I know. No, you said it's like it's. Yeah, and you you remember that one time when? uh, Yeah. Fuck. Oh God. Now it's just gonna. It's just gonna spiral downward from here. Um, But the part where Deadpool dies. The first time it didn't, like, really work for me, I was like, okay, he's just going to keep coming in and out of it. But, like, some of the stuff he said was kind of funny, like, where he's talking about, I can see the light. I can see the light. And he's like, oh, I'm just staring at the sun. I shouldn't do that.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the dying was, it was one of those, like, like almost family guy-ish moments where, for a moment, it stopped being funny. But then it went on just long enough that it got funny again. Yeah,
1: it it came back. It came back around. Did you guys notice that during that scene they were playing the same score that they used in um, Logan when Wolverine died no (laughs) yeah if you listen to the music in the background it's the exact same score and I thought that that was a really cool touch did you guys like the scenes of um, him going into the afterlife and seeing Vanessa did it work for you because like I upon third viewing it finally hit me like he keeps going back there every time and it's like she's trying to teach him a lesson so ultimately i did i did like it after the third viewing but before that i was just like why are we why are we doing this this is so weird i actually
3: liked. i wish they kind of did something like this in the first movie because it it gives him a better story of why he why he's named deadpool like he literally goes through a death pool to talk to vanessa yeah you know instead of just picking the name off of the deadpool in the bar
1: yeah 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 it worked for me on the third time man it took me that third time for it to like really sink in and like man i'm actually like these scenes this is really yeah,
4: i do i did really too. good yeah, yeah yeah i thought that worked pretty okay i thought the the final scene the payoff of it all was actually really good mm-hmm. like the convincing deadpool that he shouldn't die that he had more stuff to do i thought the payoff was really good for me yeah
2: yeah, that worked well for me, and it was reminiscent of times in the comics where he's died, and he's been stoked to be back in the presence of Lady Death and then gets pulled back out of it.
1: Well, uh, Yukio. The guy's fans of Yukio. Hi, Yukio.
4: <laughs> Hi, Yukio. <laughs> Hi, Wade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that I was I
3: kept doing that. Who is she? Is she, like, a named character? Um,
1: they. That was a conversation that we, that they had Um Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick were talking to CBR and CBR said, wanted to clear up some confusion about the character played by Shioli Kutsuna. Given her powers, a lot of fans have connected her to the surge character in X-Men comics and presumed that to be her identity. Reese, uh, Rhett Reese says, that's not right. She's a super minor character. The character's name is actually Yukio an assassin, but who's an adult assassin. So she's just aged her down. Um, She's such a minor character. We thought we could pretty much get away with anything. And Shioli's amazing. I really think we have to do her more justice going forward, not as though... We did her injustice, but she just didn't have a lot of screen time. I'd love to explore the Yukio character more. Um, and then Wernick, he said, and I thought this was really interesting. He says, Fox has a Bible of all 400-plus characters that they have the rights to. We generally, when we're building out a movie, look at the list and kind of go through and go oh yeah yes yes no love that name oh those powers are cool and we built that last that, and we built that cast that way yukio jumped out at us as just a character we would love to see further explored and he also said that no characters were off limits for them and I thought that that was really interesting as well, because a lot of yeah. people have been kind of like okay you, you guys are picking some like pretty bizarre characters here, you know like Negasonic teenage warhead, you know yukio um you know, Shatterstar, I guess, um, you know, probably like the biggest names are like, I would say, you know, Bedlam is another one, but I'd say like the biggest names are going to be Domino and Colossus. And it feels like, you know, I'm even, even like Black Tom Cassidy and like in the first movie Ajax and some of these characters are just like real fringe, like D list characters. And I found out that they had the, f- they, none of the characters were off limits. None of the characters from X-Force were off limits. They could have chosen anyone. And I just thought that was really cool of Fox and really cool of these guys to kind of keep it just like fun and light to the point where they're choosing someone named Peter, you know, it's like,
4: <laughs> <laughs> man, that is really a couple takeaways from that, that. That is really cool of Fox to like have that much confidence in them at that point after yeah. the first movie to just let them have whatever. And the second takeaway is, man, I would really love a peek at that Bible yes, and kind of a trip down memory lane to see kind of, all the people they have the rights to and go, Oh my gosh, this character is, is just in limbo. What the fuck?
1: Exactly. Like all those like weird characters. Like, I don't know. It's kind of, I love it. Like reading like modern day comics where like one of these, you know, writers will pull out one of these characters that you haven't seen, like since like the silver age. And you're just like, who is who is this and it's like is this a new character this character seems corny as hell and, th- and then it's yeah, like, it's yeah it's like some i remember reading a mark wade daredevil comic a few years ago and there, i can't remember the name of the character it was like the stilt or something but it was like a guy and he had just like metallic stilt legs
4: it was- oh fuck i love wade for that wade always brings yes. back those like <laughs> fucking classic 70s 80s heroes that you're like what the fuck
5: yes
1: <laughs> and it's so okay. good because then you can go through like the marvel wiki and you're just like oh my god this character existed back like in this old issue of fantastic four this very old issue of daredevil or whatever it's just like oh my god and that's like that's kind of like what i feel like you know like rhett reese and paul wernick are doing here and there's, are there's, these guys writing the uh x-force movie brian i'm gonna get into that that's gonna be part of our x-force conversation that i'm saving
4: because, oh, uh, I bet that Bible has dupe, and I will lose my shit if we can get dupe in an X-Force movie. Dupe would be amazing. <laughs>
1: oh, my God. Dupe <laughs> would be fantastic in this movie. That'd be so – kids – oh, my God. Can you imagine – Dupe is printing
4: money. Dupe
1: is pr- – that's like Rocket Raccoon for Deadpool, right?
4: I agree. Yeah. I agree. Dupe, dupe is where the money's at. If they don't have dupe in this X-Force movie, they're fucking dupes.
1: Oh my oh God, Dupe and Deadpool (laughs) in the same movie would be amazing.
4: Yeah, it's like everything about it works and so I will not be surprised when we find out that Dupe is going to be part of this whatever team. They have. Is it? It's too late for that, right? Have they filmed X Force? No, no,
1: no, no, no. They haven't. Um, uh, right now, I'll get into. I'll tell you what. Tell you what. Should
4: I just get into the? You got X- me excited with the fucking Bible. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> uh, let me. I'll save our X Force stuff. I'll save it for the very end. I do want to save it for the very end. Because I got a lot of X Force stuff that I do want to talk about, but there's some stuff that I wanted to talk about before
4: we kind of like uh, get into that. Um, I'm crossing my legs and I'm forgetting about all the X Men characters I want to see in future movies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, some of the some of the stuff that David Leitch filmed that I really did like in this was like the beginning scenes with the uh, with Deadpool fighting the mercenaries, uh, not, De- not Deadpool fighting the gangs. And I loved it when he was, you know, when he went to. I think he was in Japan, and you know, he was fighting in that bathhouse. Like that was amazing. That was some great yeah. action with his swords. He cuts off the <laughs> both the guy's arms, and then he and then he pulls up that one guy's like skirt or whatever, and says, "Scoutmaster Kevin." <laughs> I <was just> like, <laughs> I was
4: like, yeah, I liked how I liked how casual and quick the violence was in that stuff. Yeah, too. like it was super violent, but it wasn't like a. Tarantino Kill Bill and right. I love that style too but it was just interesting just like it was just so fast and just boom 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 you know
1: well and like the sorry I was grabbing another beer uh, oh you're fine <laughs> the, uh I loved the, the one scene with the guys who were like like they're all fighting in that warehouse and uh shooting a Deadpool the one guy's trying to run away and slow that, see that's that's reminiscent of the first film like that's the kind of stuff that I really liked and I felt like they started off strong with that guy's running away, guy's running around on fire. Deadpool's, you know, like cutting people up with hatchets and shit. Like that's where I was yeah. like, oh man, this movie's going to be dope. And then, yeah, there's some stuff that kind of like slogged it down there in the middle for me. But man, I love that scene, guy. Yeah. That guy over there, he's really on fire. I'm like, okay, this is awesome.
4: Yeah. That's a great point, Brian. I'm at, I'm at a little bit of a disadvantage because I only had time to see it once, uh-huh. but you bring up a great point. I, I did think that <laughs> Opening traveling all over the globe, violence montage was. I was I was strapped in for that too. Yeah, it was. I, I, <laughs> it's right when like cable gets introduced, and that part through the jail part was like the slog.
1: A lot of people have a problem with the the whole. They call it the whole fridging of of Vanessa. Basically, her character is killed so that it can so that it can
4: Oh, the, pr- the Green Lantern
1: comparison. The Green Lan- yeah, the Gail Simone Green Lantern comparison. They fridged Vanessa and that way it could propel the arc of the male character. And I felt like, I felt like that's not really what happened here. I felt like Vanessa was still very much involved in, 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 in the movie. And I understand that like, Mm. like she's not, um, is it a copycat? That's who she becomes in the comics. She's not like, she's not that character. Like they haven't, like we don't know anything about any mutant abilities that she might have, but I, I, I don't know it's I, I, as, I hate do saying, you think
4: Deadpool will move on romantically I or was really always pine for Vanessa
1: I well now that she's alive yeah oh
4: yeah yeah good uh
1: I was say th- okay after the apartment exploded after it blew up in the comics he moved in without outlaw and they had a romantic thing. so at the beginning of the movie like when when he blew up his apartment. In the comics, it was an accident, I believe. But like, in the movie, when it blew up, I was thinking like, oh my god, maybe Deadpool 3, he, after, you know, he, he, he's gotta find somebody else to move in with, and he moves in with Outlaw, and now we get Outlaw, and that's gonna be his new love interest. But like, by the end of the movie, we've got Vanessa coming back. So... You know, I hope they. I hope they're going to explore. I love that relationship between them too. I. I I wasn't really happy with her dying at the beginning of the movie, but I think that it did. It did. I mean, we were able to see how it affected him, and I think he kind of grew from it. And and even without her there, he did find his own family. And you know, at the beginning of the movie, he always said he always thought family was an F word. And so, I mean, there is there is this theme of family, and there there are these morals that this character learns. Throughout everything, because like at the beginning, we're getting all these things of him like doing everything by himself. He doesn't want to be an X Man. He's going out there. He's fighting all these gangs. He's doing everything by himself. And maybe, possibly, had he been working with the X Men to begin with and working with them and doing things kind of like by the book, he wouldn't have had the repercussions of these gangs visiting him at his home and killing his girlfriend. And so, I feel like it was a valuable lesson to teach him. And I felt like Vanessa's influence was there throughout the entire movie. I don't have the same complaints of them fridging her character.
4: Yeah, I find it to be a very kind of low blow, honestly, to the movie. I I agree. I mean, yes, like at, at bare bones, you could possibly see it that way. But you're absolutely right. Her character is still super important. And not only that, it's not just like her character motivating; like she's in the movie still.
1: Yes, she's absolutely in the movie, absolutely. And she's and she's not just like making things easy for him. She she tells him that he needs to put get he needs to get his heart in the right place before he
4: can. Yeah, and we yeah, we all said that was one of our like you know a part we really enjoyed was the final scene when he goes you know to to talk to Vanessa for that last time. So. Yeah. I mean I, I think that's a shitty complaint to say that she got fridged.
1: Yeah, I don't I am not I'm not. What are you guys thinking, Wally?
3: Uh, I don't have that complaint at all. I, I just I wish it hit me harder. You know, I cared more about when John Wick's do- dog died than than uh when Vanessa died. And I love Vanessa. I you know, I love her as I loved her in Homeland and um you know, so and I like you like you. I like their relationship, how they play off of each other. Yeah. But I just wish it hit me harder.
1: See, it hit me pretty hard because I had literally just watched the first movie. So I literally, at the end of the movie, I'm seeing them hug and kiss. And so here I am seeing them together, and I'm, like, really happy. And then she gets shot. And you can hear – I loved some of the sound effects in the movie. Um, you hear the, the, bu- the, the, the bullet hit her. And then on the second time when um, uh, Cable shoots the gun – at Deadpool, and it hits the it hits the token. You can hear it clang and hit the token. I was like, "Oh, that's fucking cool!" It's a completely different sound than the first time it, the the gun was fired. Oh, that's neat!
4: Yeah, fire. that's really good foley
1: work. Yeah, it was fantastic. So, I mean, there what I mean the end of the movie for me, it worked. It was just like the whole like we're a family now, and I guess I I, I guess I just I guess I wanted a little bit more from like. I don't know. I mean, I guess it worked a little bit with Cable. I think it really worked well with Russell. I think that it, that it part worked really well for me. Like, this kid crying at the end, and I really understood why he kind of, like, changed, and he's not going to be the fire fist of the future that get, kills Cable's family. Like, I get that now. Um, but, I mean... Is Juggernaut dead? No, no, I don't think so. At the end of the movie, I
3: thought I thought I saw him climbing out of the pool at the end he's of the movie. Getting, re- he didn't climb fully out of the water, but you can. But see... But you see the water moving. Yes. Otherwise, yeah. like the water's
1: bubbling or whatever, and maybe he's bobbing around. But it looked like he put actually physically put his hands out of the pool, and he's pulling himself out, and then the, and then it cuts. So I think I think Juggernaut. Of course, they're going to want to have him come back. So. oh god he was just so menacing and just so imposing and so fucking huge
3: i love exactly how i picture him to be straight out of the comic books ah
1: so good so fucking good um what did you guys i don't know like the whole like the headmaster at the at the orphanage and oh my god could they have cast like more pervier looking like guys that like look like jared kushner totally like <laughs> it was perfect <laughs> it was it, they, all of them could be on an episode of to catch a predator with chris hansen like every single one of them could be it was crazy i love deadpool's line doesn't of like, it
4: suck to be that extra like that's what the call's for and then you're one of the six guys that gets the call
3: <laughs> you look like a kid fucker can you show up next tuesday yeah <laughs> it's kid- probably bad when you're going for the interview but when you're going to the bank it's probably not that terrible yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Can you grow a really thin mustache? <laughs> oh
4: that's oh man, I feel bad for those actors.
1: They didn't do anything yeah. wrong. I feel worse for the actors that gotta do the commercials for like like the herpes treatments and the
2: oh, oh. <laughs> Do you think they're getting told ahead of time about that? Or they're just okay, here's the shot. You're walking down the sidewalk, you're happy, there's a puppy and then the voiceover is, you know. <laughs>
1: Oh, they have no clue. Yeah. They li- Your herpes they- medication has
2: have- caused anal bleeding.
1: They have, they have no clue, man. It's like <laughs> they they think they're they think they're doing something completely different. Like for <laughs> like, oh okay, you know, oh yeah, this is a sports commercial, and like they're in a canoe or they're skiing and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Don't let genital warts get you down, you know. And then, oh
4: my gosh. <laughs> yeah there's no way they could be smiling the way they are if they would they were fully aware of what was going on
2: uh, dude i saw one the other day for a constipation medicine called Linzus and the way they were talking in the commercial it sounded like they were saying incest
4: oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> oh those are some bad side effects there
1: <laughs> right? oh wow Oh my gosh. Hey, mom, you might want to leave the house for a few hours.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Side effects include extra toes, you know? (laughs) Webbed fingers. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, (laughs) unibrows. So we get we get
1: Cable and he goes back in time and saves Deadpool and I mean we're kind of like you know I it, then we get I get, do you guys want to talk about the mid credit scene that we get in the movie? Yeah. Okay, so we get we get um, Wade Wilson he's he's having Negasonic Teenage Warhead and he's having her work on Cable's time traveling disc that he's got. Uh Yukio's there as well. And negasonic teenage warhead she she fixes it, and this allows uh Wade. She gives it to Wade. She's like, "This is a bad idea," and it allows him to go back and save Vanessa, which he does. He saves Vanessa. He uses the cream cheese spreader, but he doesn't miss this time. He hits that motherfucker right in the in the skull, kills him. Tells Vanessa that we're gonna name our kid Share. And then they start they start playing the you guys want to hear a fucked up story, and this is fucking true. I Definitely. S- okay. Yes. The same day <laughs> hold on. The same this has to do with share. The same day, and this is I swear to you, this is the God's honest truth. You can get on my Twitter and look at it. I wrote on Twitter, like uh like I'm sick of social media, and I said I'm also sick of uh I'm also sick of seeing the new Mama Mia trailer with Cher. I didn't say did I say Cher? Yeah, I don't know if I said share or not, but I was thinking about share. I was, th- I was actually wanting to do a follow up tweet saying the only thing that I like about that trailer is the fact that share's in it. Cause I don't know, I love share guys, I really do, it's kinda of fucked up. Uh, <laughs> hold on, I hate this new Mama Mia trailer, I fucking hate it, but I love seeing share show up in it, cause I love share. <laughs> I'm weird like that. But, cause like, it's one of those things I hated when I was a kid, but my parents used to play Share all the fucking time in the car. Like, hey, you want to go to Kmart? We're going. To, we're driving to Kmart. Mom's playing Share in the car, so I'm like, con- I'm constantly listening to Share. I've heard. If I could turn back time a million times, like you don't even need to turn on the karaoke lyrics for me. I can just fucking sing it. Like right now, it doesn't fucking matter. And so, like after I made that post and I was thinking about Share, I went on Spotify and started playing Share. And that's I listened to that song before the movie even played that day, so <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's bizarre.
1: It is bizarre. I was like, so I went into the theater. They started playing that song. I'm like, oh my god, I've heard this song today already. <laughs> oh god, this is so weird. I have a weird thing about Cher. It's not like it's not like when I was younger, I thought Cher was like an attractive woman. But like as I got older, I just kind of like. As I watched Mask multiple times, I'm like, "Oh my god, share in Mask." Like, that's the kind of woman that when you go to a bar and you get pissed drunk, like lights out drunk, that I think if you go home with her, she'll make everything better for you. You know what I mean? Like I think like you could be having the worst, like you could be having the worst life possible. And she's just gonna say something real sweet to you in that share voice, just make everything all better. Mama's gonna make everything all right. Mama share's gonna make everything all right.
4: <laughs> I'm fascinated by your uh, your your share obsession.
1: Oh man, I've had like like as an adult, I've had fantasies of like going into a dive bar and just walking out with share. <laughs> 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 and I feel like I feel like the pillow talk at the in the morning after is just going to be like life altering pillow talk that'll change me and send send me on a trajectory where my life is just going up up up. Like she gives me those words of wisdom, those share words of wisdom. You know what I mean? I just feel
4: I'm making, I don't, but I, but I, believe you're I was like, will anybody
2: say yes to that?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sorry.
2: No, don't
4: apologize. I think that was my favorite moment of the entire podcast.
1: Oh man, I don't know, man. Something I didn't care for when I was younger but I I don't know it's just like uh, it's ingrained in me now listening to her music as a child and now growing up there's a there's a strange attraction to Cher (laughs) and yes yes I know a lot of drag queens dress up as Cher and so yes that could be at the end of the night at the Mm -hmm. bar that could cause some problems for me I understand this, but I'm willing. I'm willing to take that risk. I'm willing to take that risk. So,
4: yeah, you can't control your desires.
1: I can't. These are. I mean, that's something. Yeah, it's something that you could definitely not turn back time on. I mean, once that happens, it (laughs) happens. You beat me to that joke, dude. (laughs) What? What'd you say? I said
2: you beat me to that joke.
1: Oh god. (laughs) There's just something comforting about. Why is why is love making share <laughs> <I
4: don't know. laughs> like the Gandalf of love making you know? I,
1: yeah i I feel like I feel oh, like God. I feel like in the morning like share's gonna make you like uh like bacon and eggs and and uh you know like toast and and she's gonna make the eggs the way you like them you don't even have to ask her and she'll be talking to you just like I don't know it' be <laughs> wow I'm going to a weird. Going into weird.
4: I know. I was try- I was like, "What did we talk about last? What did we talk about last? How, how can I help?"
1: No, I'm just. I'm getting into like weird Freudian territory here. <laughs> I can't stop
2: thinking of that live performance she did on that battleship with the little ass shorts on. Uh,
1: oh wow, yeah. I just can't stop thinking about like everything's going great that morning, and then her fucked up kid look. Eric Stoltz comes walking out of his room.
5: It <laughs> <laughs> scares
1: the shit out of me. <laughs>
4: oh, man. you've seen that movie enough times you're probably desensitized to that that's i don't know true. about real life though that's
1: true i'd probably rub that big gigantic bulbous <laughs> carved head of his for good luck tell I'll tell him, hey buddy, the headaches will go away someday, trust me. <laughs> hey
2: kiddo, had fun with your mom last night. I took your last juice box out of the fridge. Sorry about that. Yeah.
5: Oh man.
4: <sighs> oh mask jokes. We I never thought we'd get to this level. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. Some about sharing mask. Jeez jeez man she's a she's a are, you a
4: are you a mermaids fan
1: she's just a rough lady with a tender touch am i right am i right oh, uh mermaids yeah Mer- mermaid share
4: it's, Yeah, mermaid share
1: mermaid share's all right man i i gotta go i gotta go i gotta go like denim wearing leather wearing mask share man that's my share <laughs> i mean i and i want her to kind of smell like Sam Elliott, like, like he just got off of her. Oh wow.
3: I thought you were gonna say like, smell like Mystic Pizza or something.
4: Oh, I was waiting for a do you know what I mean after that and I was, hard no.
2: I love that we've reached a new level though. There's so much more to explore here. How brave are we gonna get?
1: Uh, no man, I- like, like, literally, like, Sam Elliott just like rolled off of her, you know? It's like, I imagine it would smell like oak and bourbon or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fresh cedar. Uh, cedar, uh, motor oil.
3: Um, like joint cream, probably, cause they're like 75 or 80 years old, right? <sighs>
1: <sighs> no, I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I'm talking about, like oh, back the, in the day, I'm back working. in the day, back in the day. Is he a, is he a Valvoline guy or a Penzoil guy? I'm saying
4: oil. I don't have a horse in this race.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. We went down a went down a weird. Road. I went down a weird road. Nobody else <laughs> yeah, don't is joining me. me into
4: the fantasy. I, I,
1: I don't know. I, okay, I'm done. I'm done.
4: <laughs> this is ridiculous. Oh man, the heat. I think the heat's getting to us all, I,
1: dude. I'm hot. I've been drinking. Oh God. Share you, <laughs> Whew, you are quite the woman. I'm telling you, I think like she would like. I think she would unlock the mysteries of the universe for me. I really do. Like there would be a moment where it would just be like, oh my gosh, all this time I've wasted. You've, you've, you've shown me everything I need to know. It's like she's going to be my sexual Mr. Miyagi. I'm going to wax that ass on, wax that ass off, and I walk out like a changed man.
4: Oh man! As much as I laugh, it sounds like you really need this.
1: <laughs> Should we start like a Change.org or a, or, a, or a Kickstarter?
4: Yeah. <laughs> now I'm starting to want to
1: make this happen for you as a friend. Oh my gosh! I would take share now. Absolutely, absolutely. I would. <laughs> Mama mia! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> uh. Okay, where do we go from here? Um, hmm. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about the <laughs> let's talk about the mid-credit scene. Yeah, which we just did and I talked about share. Um let's talk about the uh Yeah, we there really was just the mid-credit scene. There wasn't a post. Um yes. we had um So yeah, uh we've got uh Wade Wilson, he goes back, he saves uh Vanessa, of course, then he saves Peter. Um, and then he visits what happens uh, in X-Men Origins Wolverine and kills that film's version of Deadpool. And that was fucking hysterical.
4: <laughs> yes, it was. It was fucking brilliant. The, the, all the mid credit sequence stuff was just fucking brilliant, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, God,
4: that's so great. I, I was um, 100% co-signing your prediction, Brian, of probably getting Hugh Jackman, but... Oh man, this was worth it, right? Yeah. This made up for not having that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we kind of got Hugh Jackman, but we got Wolverine. It was all stock footage from the film, but it was still executed so well. It was so cool. <laughs> I loved it. And it was, it was just like awesome. it was just like Wade Wilson saying cleaning up the timeline and that's i think that's what he said too in the film he's like just cleaning up the timeline
4: (laughs) and then i downright applauded at the part that happened next
1: oh where he shot ryan reynolds in the head after he's (laughs) after he's read the green lantern
5: script
4: (laughs) yeah i was like a sicko in the theater i i literally stand ovation at that moment (laughs) Oh, that was oh, brilliant. Oh, We were leaving. Michelle was like, I like that you clapped so hard at that part. I was like, that was awesome.
5: Oh, it was so <laughs>
1: good. It was so good. Yeah, like, my theater exploded. It erupted. I mean, it was so good. That was some of the best shit right there. And, um oh, yeah, two things that we almost got from the post credit scenes, and this was confirmed by Rhett Reese. He said, we had another idea that was in there for a while, which was... He was going to do some more X Force interviews. He was going to open it up, and we thought, and we had this bit where Chris Evans walked in, and then of course he treats him as Johnny Storm instead of Captain America, which we thought was really funny.
4: (laughs) Yeah, that would have been hysterical.
5: Yeah.
1: That would have been so amazing. That would have been really good. And then the final one that they. That they were, uh, the final post credit scene that they almost threw in, and it was actually filmed, and they had actually screened it for a test audience, uh, early on, very early on, and, uh, Rhett Reese said, originally, it ended with Deadpool killing baby Hitler at the very, <laughs> very end
3: of the credits. <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing.
1: We had him going and killing an infant version of Hitler. Then we decided that was a little too harsh, not killing Hitler but killing a baby. So they were going to, the joke was made in the movie of going back. Why not go back and kill baby Hitler? They were actually going to have him go back. They, they said, I think they said like, I heard like he was actually like standing over the crib, like getting ready to kill the baby. And
4: yeah. they should just have the obnoxious fake mustache on a baby. Yeah.
3: Yes. <laughs> oh,
4: yes, That'd be great.
3: I can understand a baby being off limits, off limits, but baby Hitler, yeah, you know, like
1: that sh- shouldn't be off limits. It should be. I think it like their reasoning was like they didn't want to they didn't want to have some people leaving on an uh moment like, a oh, my God, you know, they wanted to have people leaving having like a feel good moment. And I don't know, man, I think I think <laughs> they should be edgy and just fucking do it. That would have been amazing. Yeah.
4: Yeah, uh, to their credit, though, that was a really good feel-good moment seeing Reynolds get capped before he took <laughs> on Green Lantern.
1: It was, it was, and I'm sure audiences, some audiences, were, were would have loved the really crazy. Like, I don't know, Hitler being killed as a baby. Like, there's going to be some people that just think that that's funny as hell, like, that have a dark sense of humor like myself. And then there's going to be some people that are up in arms about it and get on Twitter and are like,
4: I can't believe
1: that. It's like, whatever.
4: Yeah, I wouldn't have been offended by that. That's the whole going back in time and killing baby Hitler thing is like a time travel conceit that always comes up, right? You know, so yeah. that, that's what makes it funny. And it's a
1: joke. Yeah. It's a fucking movie. And he was a fucking despicable, evil human being. So Jesus. Yeah.
2: You'd have to go over the top with it. You know, it'd have to be a baby with the little Hitler mustache and maybe have it as part of a montage where he's like shaking it. Or
4: something. You know? I was thinking full Nazi uniform with the swastika on the baby.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be even better.
4: Yeah, because I mean, at that point it's such a joke that I don't even yeah. like. How can you even be offended by that? They would show exactly. the They would, got the.
1: They would probably yeah. show like, you know, the doorstep, and they've got the welcome mat that says, "Hit," you know, the Hitlers, and it's probably all.
4: <laughs> I love that too. All cheery, and
1: then he walks into the 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 baby room, and yeah. So.
4: I want to see like a swastika, like cross stitch hanging up in the nursery. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Just make it so obnoxious that you can't get upset about it. Yeah, I just mean, people, do like the God, Sorry, I was gonna say people still will. Oh, do they what, will. No, you're you're right oh, about yeah. that.
3: And I'm sure there's people getting on I mean, the complaining about something in the movie anyway. But you could even reenact like the Michael Jackson hitting oh, yeah. the baby over the balcony there's, scene. There's people. Like
1: there's people complaining about Yukio saying that she's like um, that. They were just using her as a racial stereotype, and and. Um, I mean, I guess you could I guess you, if you want to look at it that way and make that complaint, but on the flip side I think that what they were trying to do is show you that negasonic teenage warhead who's like this, you know, angsty, you know, teenager and you would never see her with somebody so like carefree chipper and bubbly, yeah. Yeah, carefree. I I think that's what they were trying to show us here. I d I don't and and there are there are uh you know um, like Asian girls that, like, like that do have their hair colored like that. And that, that do act like that. Like, that's like, it's not, I don't think that they're just trying to like make fun of the stereotype. They're just trying to show like there, there, there is a, there's, there's different people that, that, uh, there are, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah,
3: oh, for can, sure. You can explain all of the the reasonings behind it doesn't make it relevant.
1: Yeah, I just, I, I mean, I think some people just look for things to, like, nitpick yes. and bitch about. And I, I don't think that that was there. And I i think the reason that they had her the way that she was was just to show that she was, like, the ex- that opposites attract. She's the exact opposite of what you would ever think Negasonic Teenage Warhead would date. And I feel like them two together kind of complements each other really well. They balance each other out. And I was like... I really like that relationship and it'd be cool to see them explore that a little bit more. I didn't think it was like, Oh, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick are racists. (laughs) Like, come on.
5: Yeah.
4: I don't (laughs) think it's on Deadpool's shoulders to like tackle the diversity issues. And, and also on the other hand, I don't think they really insulted them at all either. Well they like cast in the least.
1: Well they cast they cast Zazzy Beats an African American yeah. woman as Domino for crying out loud and the the character's been white in the comic books since the 90s.
4: So yeah, it's, Exactly. So I, it's like you can't win. Like you do you do one thing good, you do another thing bad. And I, and I don't think they were being insulting at all. Yeah, you know?
1: Yeah. Um I got a question for you guys. I don't know how deep you guys want to get into this one. But, uh, I do think it's worth bringing up. Um, do either of our current Deadpool or Vanessa remember the afterlife scenes? Uh, I'm going to say yes. Okay. Um, Just
0: Vanessa, Deadpool, Vanessa
1: never died yeah. and then Deadpool. Doesn't remember the final. If he doesn't remember anything, he doesn't remember the final death scene. Correct, since he did survive that. Now, yes.
3: Well,
2: and also, if Vanessa never died from the beginning, then what was the impetus that had him in the X Mansion? when the mission came up to go stop the kid outside
1: the orphanage yeah that's another thing that i was thinking about as well i was like i was thinking like i understand that the cable stuff still happens Mm. but like what gets what gets wade wilson to the x mansion yeah that's a good question joe
3: this is what you happens when you get you know put time travel in you kind of get in the weeds (laughs) yes and you don't know what's up you know what's what's what's
1: what yeah so I know, like the the cable stuff still would happen, but like, yeah, like I and that's the thing. I honestly I don't think it'll ever be addressed. And honestly, since it's a dead bull film, I don't think they really
4: give a shit. You know, yeah, it's just a, it's just a gag. Yeah, at the end of the day.
3: Yeah, this whole movie felt felt like an Elseworlds story with him having, you know, in my opinion, with him having like Professor X's. Helmet on and like breaking it, like none of that is ever gonna be. <laughs> sure. know, none of none of his interactions is ever gonna be brought up again in like other X Men movies, yeah. other than Deadpool. Oh sure, so yeah. It, yeah, It just felt like it's like it's, its own standalone kind of elsewhere story. You can't ask too yeah. many questions
1: from a Deadpool movie because in the yeah. in the in the long form canon, it doesn't really matter.
4: Yeah, the time travel didn't work anyway because I could still fucking get Green Lantern on on demand and Blu Ray, so. Right? right? <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't work. There's still the timeline where it didn't work.
3: I do Did like, you guys see the uh, at Walmart they were replacing all the Blu-rays and DVD covers with, like, Deadpool yes. on the cover?
1: Yeah. I actually, oh, I, that, I, was that was amazing. Cool. I posted that on our Facebook page for Pop Culture Leftovers, and, like, there's the Office Space one. I'm trying to think <laughs>
4: of some of the it ones. It was, like,
3: Predator and, like, Commando and yeah. Office Space. Yeah,
4: yeah. Some of them are really great. The Matrix. Really there was
3: like just you know,
4: yeah. If it, yeah. So if, if Deadpool kills Ryan Reynolds before he even plays Green Lantern, and then Ryan Reynolds can never even play Deadpool, and Deadpool One, so Deadpool One can't even exist.
1: You and if he breaks oh god, the, I don't like. I don't even like the, yeah. where you're going.
4: This is the road I, you go I, down. I'm just saying. It's, a, it's <laughs> at the end of the day. It's all that's what makes it funny. Is because it's so outlandishly a gag. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Let's talk about Vanessa's death. Uh Vanessa dies, and the writers have confirmed when Deadpool does go back in time that it is canon. I mean, a lot of people are confused about post-credit scenes. Are they just real or are they a gag? Um They confirmed that she is alive. Reese said, now we can bring her back as copycat. And Marina was very thrilled when she got the call. We got the time machine working and you're still alive. Um And she said, I knew it. And they said it was really funny. She thought she originally they did kill her off. They had no plans on bringing her back, and she was kind of sad. And but she understood. But then they found out that it'd just be funnier to give Wade the ability to go back in time and bring her back. And just because, like other movies, like they would, they wouldn't do that. They wouldn't do that. You got you can't you can't mess with time you can't, you can't change. Wade's like, fuck your rules. And I love, that's what I love about this. And he just, he goes back and he brings her back. And now, so now she's still alive in the universe. Um, and then during a, a Reddit AMA, They, because even though they said she's alive and blah, 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 people still were like, you know, they didn't, you got to just fucking tell people. And so they said, yes, after the credit scene, they said, yes, the after credit scene is canon. And they put it in all caps. Don't expect, but they said, don't expect that device to stick around beyond this movie, though. So that's what I was talking about earlier with that. They might not explore any more time travel, at least within the next couple films. Yeah, And that would make total sense. Uh, some other notes here that I want to go over here real quick before we get into our X-Force talk. Did you guys have any final thoughts, though, on like some of the stuff that we've talked about? I didn't want to jump into this too soon.
3: The only thing, uh, did you guys catch The Cure for Blindness next to his pile of cocaine? Yes, I do. Yes.
1: I, that was one of the things I have in my notes. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, no, no, you're fine. I loved that part. Like, that was one of the lines for the first movie, and they turned it into an actual visual gag yeah. uh, with the, what did he say in the original film? Like, it was 16 pounds of coke. And yeah,
3: right next to the cure for blindness. Right next to the cure for blindness. And sure enough, it was like three feet away from her the whole time. <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> I, I love Blind Al. I really do. Yeah, Blind oh Al my was god, great. we didn't even talk about his fucking tiny legs.
3: No, Oh, that was oh. ridiculous. In <laughs> yeah. the Basic instincts shot, did you see? Did you see his little dick? yes
1: oh Oh, my god I was just rolling and like when he started getting up and and Weasel was like oh my god he's really doing it our little guy's really doing it he's (laughs) oh my god he's shirt
3: cocking it oh
4: my (laughs) (laughs) yeah Winnie the Pooh style (laughs) Winnie the
1: Pooh style that was great that
3: was probably the biggest laugh that I got in the theater um, from the crowd that I was with
1: yeah that was a big one in mine too um David Holler, uh, from the TV series Legion might exist in this universe. The boy that was eating cereal, the, uh, superhero flakes with, uh, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine on the front. The actor that plays, uh, the, the boy in that scene also plays young David in Legion.
4: Yeah, I'm not buying it. He wouldn't have been eating cereal. It would have been waffles.
1: Oh, you're right, Jake. <laughs> you're right so,
4: different different character
1: different character because imdb had him listed as serial kid
4: so, yeah, yeah. That, that that's not david that's david not is david. most assuredly not serial kid
1: he's not eating cereal <laughs> he's eating waffles. you're 100 percent right um let's see oh i love the hawkeye joke that was good mm-hmm. when he when he when, when when uh wade had the collar on his neck and he he's talking about like He's like he's like right now. Basically, give me a bow and an arrow, and I'm basically Hawkeye. I thought that, that was <laughs> funny. Um, let's see. Oh, the five moments speech. When he stands up and gives the five moments speech, that's from the original Deadpool. That's the speech that Colossus gave in the first film at the end of the movie. And he uh, Deadpool's getting ready to kill Ajax, getting ready to shoot him. And Dead and Colossus like uh, Deadpool there are five moments, and he goes into this whole speech. And that then, was pretty good. Deadpool goes into this one talking about – there's five moments talking about you wake wake up, you're you're brushing your teeth, you're a superhero, you ejaculate into a soap dispenser, you're a hero. He smells his hands. Colossus smells his fingers.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, so good. But I loved that. That was a nice callback from the first film. I really enjoyed it. Um one thing that I did not like about this one is we didn't get Bob the Hydra Agent in this movie. They mm. he was a gag in the first movie, and I thought that it would be great if they made him a reoccurring a char- reoccurring character in each film. Because Bob the Hydra agent at the end of Deadpool, when there's the downed uh the downed um well uh Helicarrier. He recognizes one of these agents, and I know they're not Hydra in the film, I get it, but in the comics, Bob is Bob the Hydra agent, so I'm calling him Bob the Hydra agent, so don't get all fucking nerdy on me right now. Um but uh he recognizes them and then and uh knocks him out, punches him out, and says like Gail, does Gale still make that casserole or whatever I don't know but um it was uh, he was not in this movie and I was like, I w- that's something real quick that you can throw in for like fans of the original that I thought that they kind of missed out on. I wish that they would have brought him back in here' as maybe he's like one of the one of the convoy drivers, you know.
4: Yeah, Hydra Bob's definitely a fan favorite, and for good reason. It's just the whole idea of the everyman on on the uh, criminal organization is is pretty funny.
1: Um, Oh, when uh, Deadpool is wearing, when Deadpool is, when he has the little legs, the shirt he's wearing is the same Hawaiian shirt that Chunk wore in
4: Goonies. Oh, that's a fun little nod. And
1: Oh, and I got a kick out of all the Yentl jokes as well, because I had an ex-girlfriend that would watch Yentl all the time.
4: Oh, I laughed at that too. <laughs> when they um said that Do You Wanna Build a Snowman was a ripoff of the music. That was a funny gag for me too.
1: Yeah, I would never seen Frozen. Um but I yeah uh, for me it was I got I had an ex-girlfriend that would watch Yentl all the time. I've seen that movie oh god, ten 15 times she loved it so i was just like holy shit i can't believe he's watching fucking yentl um let's see oh and i like the uh cable who are you and deadpool says i'm batman that was amazing
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right uh box office uh i literally just read i have it on my phone and i want to pull this up this if the movie's blowing up oh and of course my phone's being a bitch right now um uh, <laughs> It is,
3: oh God! Come here. Stop. Did you see the nod to Alpha Flight? The little Alpha. Yes, Flight on the on taxi. Top of the taxi.
1: Yeah, I, I, I forgot. I meant. I forgot to mention that there was an Easter egg on uh, Dupinder's taxi for Alpha Flight. It's like a was it like a Canadian travel agency? Yeah. Yeah.
3: And the splash of diabetes has made its way into my friend's uh, everyday conversation. We, I, we love that splash of diabetes comment. Hmm.
1: Well, that's nice to know. Thank you.
3: Oh, well, I thought I was just killing time because <laughs> your phone wasn't working. I know. Just fill it with better content next
1: time, Wally. Okay?
0: <sighs> <laughs> Take it easy there, Foxy friends.
5: <laughs>
1: oh, man. Get your own material. Um, Let's see here. I'm fucking with you, Wally. Uh, I was reading. It was uh, Deadpool Tops Pennywise. Breaks its box office record for R-rated film. So Deadpool
4: has beat out It
1: uh, for the
4: R-rated uh, box office record. Nice. And I got to imagine It beat out Deadpool 1.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah exactly. Exactly. Because yeah,
4: Deadpool 1 was like the... Or was it... Did Logan do anything? Mm, I don't think it made the numbers that Deadpool 1 did. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't know I was just I was curious I didn't know if anybody remembered or not
4: mm, I don't think we were talking about it breaking records like that like Deadpool was the phenomenon when it came to box office Logan wasn't no a slouch but
1: yeah I, I know I remember a lot of the the box office hype for Deadpool was the fact that it had such a low budget too but yeah, it did blow up I mean it was a it was a February release that first one it came out Valentine's Day. But um, let's see here. Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool 2 is heading for, I think I got this from Variety. Uh, It's heading for a heroic opening weekend of 130 million. And first Friday estimates ranged from 128 million to 137 million. Deadpool 2 started its run by smashing the record for a Thursday night preview gross for an R rated film with 18.6 million. Topping the previous mark of 13.5 million set by it in September. 20th Century Fox's superhero sequel will end Avengers Infinity War's three week rule with forecasts in the 130 million to 150 million range. And the movie should gross at least 50 million on Friday, including the Thursday night previews. Yeah, and it was uh, 84% on Rotten Tomatoes the last time I checked. So, yeah, this is. is doing record numbers. And do you think, do you think that Ryan Reynolds said when he said like, there probably won't be a Deadpool three, I I don't know how to explain this. When Ryan Reynolds said that there probably won't be a Deadpool three, I, this is what I took from it. And of course the next film is going to be X force, but you would think that they would go back to a Deadpool three, correct?
4: That would be the natural progression, I would imagine, without sure. knowing anything.
1: But okay, what's happening? We're seeing Marvel, uh, excuse me, Disney possibly purchasing Fox. So what, let's say let's say hypothetically that when Ryan Reynolds said that, he had that in mind. Now let's look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And let's look at the numbering of their movies. And maybe I'm just crazy for thinking this, but the only films that are pretty much labeled one, two, and three are the Iron Man films, where you have Iron Man one, two, and three, and then like Guardians of the Galaxy, where they're volume one, two, and then next, uh, they're going to film three next year. But if you were to go back and let's say twenty years from now, you, let's say a millennial—like not a millennial, but a twenty-year-old in the future, twenty years from now—somebody who, who's a teenager or in their twenties who has never seen these movies before pick them up for the first time, would you want? Would you want your movie labeled Captain America one, two, and three? Would you want somebody to be confused and watch them in that order?
4: Yeah, it is going to kind of be a mess like the further and further you get into the future like you got to kind of imagine they're going to put like big numbers on the release or whatever like cuz they're going to want people to buy these movies until the end of time so they're going to do everything they can to let you know what to watch when I think
1: that, that that that's my yeah that's like that's what i'm thinking like is is Ryan Reynolds just kind of like does he have like an insider view here to where he knows where like you know like oh If we're part of the Disney umbrella, they're not going to want to label our movie Deadpool three, because
4: if yeah, I get what you're saying. He's just kind of covering his bases, and like, no, they do do it. Yeah,
1: I'm saying like I do believe that there will be something that will be a Deadpool three, but it'll be it might be called like Deadpool colon blah 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 right? I mean, that's
4: Deadpool returns.
1: And I'm just saying that's the, whatever. Yeah. That's the way, you know, Deadpool kills the Marvel universe, you know, or something like that. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Like in the comics or a Deadpool. Oh my God. A Deadpool kills, like a Deadpool zombie movie would be amazing. If they did that Deadpool versus the Marvel zombies, like they did in the comics. Oh, that'd be so fucking dope. Anyway. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean that's what I'm, you know, cuz like can you imagine like 20, 30 years from now like a, a kid like saying, "Oh, I'm going to watch the Captain America movies for the first time." And he yeah. he goes from yeah. Captain America the the First Avenger to like to like The Winter Soldier and then he goes to Civil War and they're like, "You can't watch them that way. They they don't it they're not it's not a trilogy like that. It's like you have yeah. to watch the other movies. They're part of a bigger broader story
4: yeah i'm a sucker for the numbers and i because i think about that same thing a lot honestly i've not been a big fan of like naming the sequels all the different names because yeah it does get confusing well like, i, I could barely tell you what order of the transformers movies you are
1: have in. to do this though in an in in, a, in an expanded universe the way that they do it though jake
4: oh no yeah i get why they have to do it but yeah. I, I definitely think they're aware of the issues they consistently and constantly are going to want to promote these movies still. And it's going to come to a point where they're going to, they're going to number it and put it in order for you.
1: Yeah. I think like, it'd be great if, uh, you know, they come out with like, I don't know. It'd just be great if like all future, like Blu-rays and DVDs for this at, you know, we've got Iron Man and it just says like a small number one at the bottom. And then like, yeah, the I next, love it. And then at the next, the next one, what was the, what was the next one? Was the next one incredible Hulk?
4: and that would yeah. have a- I actually the harry potter dvds and blu-rays have always done a fantastic job of that just a tiny little number three on that prisoner of azkaban blu-ray and they did it for every release of every movie they put that little little number on there and i i think that's the kind of thing we need to do here
1: there you go there you go so yeah it's like because like i don't know man if you watch iron man one two and three like that Iron Man 3 is not gonna make any sense to you because if you haven't seen Avengers, and I'm not saying yeah. like for audiences now that it's a problem, I'm just saying like 20, 30, 40 years down the road if they are like, you know some some streaming services like we're going to play all the iron man movies today. No.
4: Yeah, and you're right, Brian. For Iron Man it's like kind of weird. For fucking Captain America it's super fucked up.
5: Yes,
1: it is.
4: Absolutely. <laughs> once you get
1: to like once you get to once you get the Civil War, you're like what the fuck is going on here?
4: Yeah, where did where did these other 12 characters come from that they're acting like I'm supposed to know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's and, I mean, Iron Man is just all of a sudden part of the story in the third one. And that's yeah. really not introduced within yeah. the Captain America movie universe. So this just goes
1: back to me, like, with, with Ryan Reynolds saying, like, there's not going to be a Deadpool 3. I'm thinking that maybe he's got the Disney merger in mind.
4: Yeah, I didn't know. I actually, the part where he died forever at the end of the movie, man, there was a moment where I thought they were going to go through with it. And I thought maybe they even should. Where I was like, yeah, just fucking kill it before anyone else can kill it for you. Yeah. That would, <laughs> that would be ballsy. That would be ballsy as hell, dude. Yeah. But I was thinking that. I was like, man, they should fucking have the, they should do this and then be like, we took our own franchise. Yeah. No one has to worry about, you know, not that I'm the guy <laughs> thinking this is going to happen. But- no one has to worry about fucking yeah. Disney, Marvel, fucking Deadpool over now. Oh god, fucking kill them ourselves! And it, like, oh
1: god, there's a post-credit scene of him shooting Mickey Mouse in the fucking head. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Hi, Deadpool! <Yeah>. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was a moment where I thought I like,
1: yeah. Sorry, I <laughs> just. <laughs>
4: oh no, it's cool. But yeah, I thought really they might do it there. Uh, there. There was a little bit of suspense until, like you know, eight minutes later, you realize it's just a never-ending joke. Yeah.
1: Yeah, let's talk about X-Force. Uh, we know that it's gonna be directed by Drew Goddard. Um, he's, I, I, I think Drew's, Drew Goddard's very capable of handling an X-Force film. Uh, he's...
4: I like Drew Goddard a lot.
1: He's the writer and director for Cabin in the Woods. He was a producer on Daredevil. He's actually the showrunner for the first season of Daredevil. Uh, he was a producer on The Martian, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Lost, a ton of other projects.
4: Yeah, um, he's he been, a big Buffy Angel guy.
1: He's been in some stinkers, though. Yeah, he's he's from that Whedon, Joss Whedon camp. And uh, Rhett Reese talked about uh X-Force, saying, I think the fun part of X-Force is they're much more morally flexible than the X-Men. They can get their hands dirty a little bit. There's more gray area. It'll be raunchier. It'll be rated R, I'm sure. We'll get to see an ensemble movie that's pushed, hopefully as far as the Deadpool individual movie was pushed. So the statements kind of line up with what I'm hearing here. We don't know. And as far as I know, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick are not attached to X-Force, but IMDb is wrong a lot. So we don't know, but Goddard, as far as I know is the one that's writing it. And he's actually, he started mapping out the story during the filming of Deadpool two. Now Right now, he's too busy to write it. He's, he's, uh, in post production on his, uh, noir thriller, Bad Times at El Royale, which is, um, it's a movie, it's about seven strangers. They each have a secret to bury. They, they all meet at Lake Tahoe's El Royale, a rundown hotel with a dark past. And then over the course of one fateful night, everyone will have a last shot at redemption before everything goes to hell. And, um, the cast in this movie is pretty spectacular. Chris Hemsworth, uh, Dakota Johnson, John Hamm, Jeff Bridges, and Nick Offerman. So it looks like it's, it's shaping up to be a pretty good film in its own right. But, um, after he gets done with that, it sounds like he's going to get started on X-Force. So they haven't, Rhett Reese and Paul Warnock have not worked with drew goddard at all on x-force yet and reese said this he said not yet because he's off making another movie i think probably we will be moving forward but drew's not finished with his new movie until the fall and then at that point he's going to clear the deck now he has his own story he's come up with, and he's beat it out in his head. I don't know if it's in full outline form yet, so he does have at least a rough plan. But at some point, he'll put that to paper, and I'm sure we'll discuss it because we're all part of the same universe. We all have to know what each other's doing, and then he'll go off and write it, and then I'll go off and direct it. So we're, so we're excited. So... Yeah, it seems like this is something like it's pretty far off. Like they're in the very early stages of this pro- project, um, this process, and um, I don't know. It man. sounds
4: like they're just gonna. It sounds like they're just gonna let Goddard do his thing and kind of proofread it to make sure he doesn't cross any lines with what they have planned next. It sounds like they're going to be very friendly, easygoing collaborators.
1: That's exactly kind of like what he says here. Like you know, we're all part of the same universe, and and he was even he was on set and he was very involved with Deadpool too. Just kind of like seeing like how that that movie was kind of shaping up. And so I feel like yeah, he would return that courtesy absolutely. You know yeah. So yeah, I like this.
4: I, everything you read there, I liked.
1: Yeah, it's just one of those things where you know you. Goddard's not started to write it yet so like that's why he's not working directly with Paul Reese and uh you know uh (laughs) Paul Reese Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese and like those guys are looking at probably doing the clue movie anyway so they're kind of busy as
4: well so yeah and they know better than anyone how insulting it is to tell a writer the things he has to do before he's even written the screenplay yeah
1: yeah okay here's the last thing that I wanted to talk about and um could the sequel's villain be Nathaniel Essex, a.k.a. Mr. Sinister?
4: Hmm. That's interesting. I've always felt that that was something they were saving for an X-Men movie. But at this point, now that Deadpool's kind of really the franchise character of these movies, like what does it matter with That's that a
1: good at point. this point? Remember, I think it was, was it Days of Future Past, the post-credits scene? Or was it...
3: Apocalypse, maybe? No, I think it was It was, was, a, it was Apocalypse, I think.
1: Okay. There was a post credit scene with a Nathaniel Essex briefcase or something. Yeah, on...
4: that was Apocalypse.
1: Was that Apocalypse? Okay. All right. So yeah. it seems like they originally possibly had it planned for an X-Men film. Um, but,
4: but who cares at this point?
1: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Okay. In the film, in the film, Deadpool 2, the orphanage that Russell was at, It was called the Essex House for Mutant Rehabilitation. And we also found out in this film that Domino was raised there. And Simon Kinberg last year said, I think he is one of... He's talking about Mr. Sinister. He says, I think he is one of the great untapped villains in the X-Men universe. And we do have plans to introduce him into the world. So... There's been ties in both the like, you know, X-Men films and there's also here in Deadpool 2, we've got Russell being raised in the Essex House for Mutant Rehabilitation, Domino, we also know that she lived there. Um they could use this to explore Domino's character a little bit more going forward possibly in X-Force. I wonder if we find out that maybe Mr. Sinister Mr. Sinister was the guy who is and I'm, I'm guessing, this is all speculation, I'm just saying it, it could add up, but it, that Mr. Sinister was the guy who was actually funding Ajax in the first Deadpool film. We know in the first Deadpool film, we saw when, um when Deadpool, when they're first wheeling him in, and they're showing all these different mutants that they're experimenting on, we see the one mutant with the back turned to us with the spikes coming out of the back, and we see like them trying to basically like, uh, uh, what is it like? I want to say foster uh, the mutant gene. They're wanting to trigger the mutant accelerate. gene. Yeah. Accelerate the mutant gene. Exactly. And we know that Mr. Sinister was a geneticist, a cra- uh, like, and he would experiment on mutants. And I'm thinking like, if they really wanted to, they could work it into it being like, Mr. Sinister was the one that was funding Ajax from the first film and so that would be kind of cool for like Deadpool to really have kind of like a a chip on his shoulder against this guy like oh okay kind of like the Drax Ronan Thanos thing where where Ronan was definitely the one that killed Drax's family but who executed the order that was Thanos same thing here like who is the one that turned you know Wade Wilson into Deadpool it was Ajax but Could it be possibly Mr. Sinister was the guy funding the whole operation? He owns a fucking orphanage. What else is he doing?
4: Hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like the idea of, like, making it all kind of tied together. I also think that, like, you have to have at least somewhat of a villain name that people know when you're dealing with an X-Force movie, too, which kind of lends me to think this isn't completely far-fetched, right? You can't just have X-Force against the no-name, right? Right. it's going to be a draw. Yeah, you would imagine. Yeah,
1: exactly. I, I agree. I really agree because, and they've been kind of setting up, uh, you know, with these little Easter eggs with uh, Nathaniel Essex, you know, in these yeah. in these other films. We've seen it in the X Men film, and and most recently with this uh, with the Essex House for mutant rehabilitation. Did you guys know what in the movie Deadpool 2, Like we just saw. Did you guys know it? We saw those guards with DMC at the icebox. Do you guys know what DMC stands for? No. I was thinking, is it Division of Mutant Corrections or Department of Mutant Containment? Or it's like, I have no idea what the fuck DMC stands for. Yeah, I'd had that thought too, dude. Yeah. It was kind of, kind of, <laughs> I don't know why that's driving me nuts, but... I just kind of want to know what DMC stands for. I was like, maybe they're big fans of Run DMC. I don't know. Or just, you know, I don't
4: know. Yeah, why the fuck not? better than any other idea. Yeah. I don't know.
1: All right, guys, that's all I got. Any final thoughts before we wrap this bitch up? Because I'm kind of burning up in here.
4: Yeah, I'm hot, too. I'm ready ready to cool down and eat. (laughs)
1: Uh, Any final thoughts, gentlemen?
3: Not out of me. Crickets. Yeah, alright.
1: Yeah, guys. You guys, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the rousing whatever the fuck you just
5: gave me.
4: <laughs> Most, uh, I, 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 I won't lie. I haven't stopped thinking about the share stuff since we stopped talking about it. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, share. Yeah. I'll look into that, uh, we'll talk behind your back and look into that, uh, GoFundMe for you.
1: That is the, you know, I honestly, seriously, I mean, whew, if I, if we can get that under the wire before she goes, that'd be kinda cool. <laughs>
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I feel i feel like this is my friend duty here i gotta get on that so.
1: i gotta get on that you know what i'm saying <laughs> i'm fixing to break a hip <laughs> pelvic bones will be broken um yeah so yeah guys uh if you want to check out more uh joe stark where can they find you joe Uh, You
2: can check out my other podcast, StartCast, which is long form conversations with lots of different people. Or you can find me on number one comic books with Brian and uh, Rebecca and Rod, where we talk number one comics.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. First issues of comic books. And we have a lot of fun doing it
2: yes yeah we we managed to go
1: down some weird rabbit holes with that we do my the episode where we reviewed Skyward was one of the most one of my favorite moments in podcasting history that I've ever had <laughs> it really was it was absolutely amazing
2: I'm right there with you man that was that was weird it was a weird development it was. <laughs>
1: I'm laughing about a podcast that these people haven't listened to. Anyway, uh, yeah, Wally, where can people find you, sir?
3: I also have a podcast. It's uh, The Terrible Talkers. It's on iTunes and all that good stuff. So pretty much do the same thing. It's just pop culture stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Subscribe. Give them a download. Help these guys out. And, uh, yeah, we will see. What what is it next week, Jake? Uh, We're doing solo.
4: Yeah, so, so you can't shit. find me on any other podcast, by the way. I'm in hiding. I'm like a ninja.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, sorry. No, it's fine. You were doing another. You were doing your little wrestling podcast, talking about your wrestling.
4: Yeah, yeah I gave up the wrestling. I'm 14 days clean of it.
1: Uh, wow, really?
4: How's it feel? Yeah, dude,
1: How, I, how's it feel? I can,
4: i can like smell like i've never smelled before and like <laughs> foods taste different it's fucking crazy so you're I'm not, all in now though.
1: you're not smelling what the rock's cooking is that is that what i'm no. here no i'm not i'm not yeah. <laughs>
4: no. i'm i have five hours back in my life every week it's it's pretty great so far
1: all right yeah yeah i, I don't know man i dropped off that shit in like the 90s i was like i'm fucking done whatever
4: yeah i'll always be there for royal rumble and wrestlemania but man it's just such a fucking commitment to watch it all
1: i don't know just oiled up men getting in the ring (laughs) you know oily boys haven't thought of that for a while oily
4: boys (laughs) yeah
1: all right guys we'll see you next week with uh solo a star wars story
4: nice excited to uh, talk about that hopefully it's good
1: I hope so. I really do. I really do. I don't. Want, I don't want to. I, I don't. I don't want to get on there and like start bashing solo. I love Star Wars. Like keep keep Star Wars great. Keep Star Wars wonderful. Because I've really enjoyed. I've really enjoyed like all the new movies that have come out. I really have. Like the yeah. Force Awakens. I mean, I even the controversial, the Last Jedi. I felt like that was the direction. Uh, Wally, what did you think about Last Jedi? And I,
3: I. I don't know what you thought about it. I really liked it. I thought it was the movie that nobody wanted, but yeah. we needed.
1: Yeah, it, it totally. I mean, oh god, no! no right. <laughs> I'm gonna end the episode. You made it sound like Batman. <laughs> it's the movie we deserved.
3: Well, I mean, it propels the story in a way that yeah. the story can go off and do bigger and better things, and not be tied down to these legacy characters.
1: That's the thing. It's like okay, so like Finn and Rose, and like you know, they go on this little mission and they succeed. Like, that's every Star Wars movie. Like, they did something here where, like, they didn't succeed. Like, it, like, subverted our expectations, and it gave us something different. And then people were like, no, we don't like that. We just went chicken nuggets again.
4: Yeah, I agree. It's what I was complaining about Deadpool 2, honestly, was that everything was foreseeable and predictable, like, at the end wrap-up. And The Last Jedi was not bad.
1: What do you got? Okay, here's the question. Final question about Deadpool. Final question. I got Deadpool, and I want I want each and every one of you to answer this. Um, Deadpool two, directed by Tim Miller. Would you have liked it more? Possibly. Oh, that's a dumb fucking question. Like I don't I, I don't know. Like would you have Would you want to see a Deadpool two directed by Tim Miller?
4: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's the same writers both movies, right? So really, all we're changing is like aesthetically the direction. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. It's still the same movie. It still has most of the same flaws and things we complained about. Well, okay. No okay.
1: Matter. Okay. We can't. can't uh, let me throw this out there. There is a third writer on Deadpool two, and I should have possibly have mentioned this. The third writer is Ryan Reynolds himself.
4: Oh yeah, and you got to imagine that was still the case in the first one too, a bit, right? Um, he, he's not credited. Yeah, but I mean, just like we were saying, like. He came up with some of them jokes, you know, like on set. I
1: Yeah, I'm just saying like
4: I'm Are saying. Are you proposing that Ryan Reynolds is at fault for the things you don't like about Deadpool 2?
1: Absolutely. Yes, that is it. Yes. Like, get, <laughs> like, get rid of this guy. He's killing yes. the franchise.
3: He's <laughs> an awful Deadpool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Not my Deadpool. Not my Deadpool.
4: Yeah, you never know, though. He could be a great Deadpool, but the guy responsible for writing the shitty cable stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You can be both things. Yeah. Oh man. Guys, I'm going to I'm I'm done. I am going to I'm going to get off here. I'm going to watch some old share videos and get oiled up myself like uh the boys in (laughs) wrestling. And uh I'm gonna tug one out and go to bed.
4: (laughs) All right. You enjoy that?
1: <laughs> oh, oh, thank you. I'm glad I have your permission. Um, you bet your fucking ass I'm going to enjoy it. Christ, you know, oh, I thought it would make you enjoy it more. No, it thanks for telling like me. Thanks for telling me the obvi. That's the obvi, buddy. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'm going to enjoy myself. Oh my God, Calgon, take me away. Is, is <laughs> <I'm> quoting <laughs> quoting a late. 80s commercial, Calgon. Time to go fill the soap dispenser. Oh yeah!
5: Yo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you bet your ass. I'm ending this before I start talking about share anymore because I feel. Like,
5: oh yes, yes. I
1: feel He's like sweating. I have put a lot more out there than I probably should. All right, guys, we will see you next week for solo.
3: Thank you.
2: They're all pretty sad and lonely.
3: One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that.
1: There's already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting
4: at a womp rat But it's overdone before We don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the traps Dropped by the cool kids it, it's, it's a trap!
5: the good to taste. It, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, erase it. Let's embrace it Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over tell the Culture push over pop culture leftovers. leftovers. And uncool kids, what's to
4: say already been said. Leftovers sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. hot culture leftovers.
0: leftovers.